Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is acidic. How is everyone doing this afternoon? Welcome to episode 348 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast and to the Chosen of Valhalla May stream this uh, Memorial Day weekend. So thank you to everyone who is watching and joining today. And we have a very full panel. I know that ZK Man is also trying to join as well, but I also know that he's been dealing with some some internet issues for the last several months. So we'll try and get him in when we can. But we have a good crew of Chosen here today. And you say his name and he shall appear. Hopefully, maybe, maybe, K-Man, you can hear us. Okay, that sounds about right. Um, so anyway, before we go any further, please make sure you smash that like button. Lap that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, my awesome channel. Thank you for leaving a comment on Odyssey there already. And shout out to all of the YouTube peeps who are hanging out. Let's go ahead and introduce the Chosen of Valhalla. And we'll just go down the line, starting off with a person we haven't seen um, in a long while. We have a couple people, actually, we haven't seen in a long while on the stream today. Uh, but starting off in order, we have Mr. Roy. Mr. Roy, how's it going? Uh, going good. Um, nice. Happy um, 2022. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it feels like it's been about that long since the last time we chatted. I, I think it was November. I think it was the last time I was on. I, I may have oh, seen you on. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome back, good sir. How has work been? All things been going well in your life? Uh, work's been hell. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm about to put my put in a transfer. Hopefully, I can mm. they'll accept it. I'll move to another site where it's an easier schedule. But, yeah. Okay. Other than that, I'm doing well. Okay. Would that be a, a different part of the same like city state or like a different state in general? Uh, it'd be the same okay. general area. We okay. uh, this this company works in several different refineries mm. across southeast Texas, so there's okay. plenty of opportunities to work in other places. It's this particular site just has a, a schedule that's just hell. It's, it's okay. really hard to work. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, hey, I hope things work out. Uh, with the uh, transfer request and that you're able to to get that going because obviously we would love to have you um, around a lot more often. I'm sure that your your Blu-ray 4K collection has just grown exponentially since the last time we talked, so we'll have to talk about that in a little bit too. Um, that's been going well? Uh, yeah, and I also got a, a brand new media player I'll probably Ooh, talk about. Yeah. Very, very nice. Well, Mr. Roy, thank you for joining us again we also have joining us for the first time you've seen him in the chat uh and he is luca or as i will be calling him father luca father luca how's it going uh it's going great um i don't know <laughs> so it's my first time here as a chosen of valhalla yeah yeah yay yay <laughs> welcome <laughs> well you're doing great you're doing great well, uh, since English is not my native language, so uh, I will have you will have to be patient with me. Hey, it's again, <laughs> you're doing great so far. Everything's coming through loud and clear. And, okay, that's uh, good. Yeah, so he's he's joining us from Europe. Uh, he's one of our European brethren, and uh, glad that you were able to join us today or t this evening yeah. where you are. Yeah, it's now six p.m. here. Yeah. So only six hours difference. Not only six hours. You know, yeah, not, that's not. nothing. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, there's there's the crazy and crazy people in Australia where it's like 11, 12 hours. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for joining us nonetheless. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. We next have the Empress of the Universe. You see her in the chat. She's one of the mods, one of the Valkyrie. And also, I think since the last time, now officially, I don't know if y'all had officially started or if y'all were about (laughs) to have started. Like, I think y'all may have either had your first stream or were about to have your first stream. But streaming for a month no no i thought y'all had just been doing test streaming catch I didn't up think... catch up i thought y'all had just oh, been doing test slow. streaming no we have been streaming since late april oh yeah, yeah. so, so the last time that we were on y'all were just about to get started yes that's yes, what i meant i mean um we let me post our there you go Sub to so, soup to nuts. So I was right. All right. For let let the record show, I was correct. We were just we were we were we were not saying the same thing. But <laughs> no, yes, they we, they have been streaming for for about a month now. We have but been streaming for about a month. Mm-hmm. We uh, our sweet spot days are Thursdays and Fridays. It depends on mine and Stephanie's schedule. And we just stream Thursday night. And yeah. tell us where. What other stream can you go to where you can see us talking about Pam Greer, JFK, uh, Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, Latoya Jackson, (laughs) Lenny Kravitz, and a host of others all in the same stream because all these people had their birthdays since Thursday. Nice. So, yeah, we were all over the place. Yes, Bruce, Odin obviously doesn't watch Soup to Nuts. I try to, but y'all are either streaming, like, right after I stream or right after or during Friday Night Tights. So <laughs> it's kind of yeah, hard, we, too. Yeah, we've been, we've done a few streams that were after Friday Night Tights. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it depends on how our schedule is. I see Stephanie in the chat. Hey, sis. And she's got to cut out in a bit. But thanks to everybody that joined us Thursday night. We had a blast. We were only going to go 90 minutes. We ended up going three hours. hours. Yes. (laughs) But we had had so much fun. And we go down so many rabbit holes. But uh, on the good side, um, the leasing management sent me a renewal for 22 and 2, 2023. Nice. So way in advance, I went ahead and signed my lease, and now I feel a whole lot more relaxed and everything. I'm going to get my balcony fixed up. Uh, My bed that I ordered before I moved finally arrived. Mm. So I've been getting that fixed up, and I even have a spot to put my old flat screen and my old Blu-ray player when you all send me that 4K system to go into the Yes. So, yeah, yeah, things are coming together. Mm-hmm. I was really glad that they got that lease. Uh, went ahead and said, hey, you want to renew? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. So, awesome. Yeah. Much so, better yeah. than the old place, it seems. Already. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel so much more relaxed, and I'm so glad I'm out of there because I get that crime report mm-hmm. daily. It doesn't look good over there. I think God got me out at the right time. Good. So. Well, Glad things are going well. And yes, yes, Soup to Nuts is a hot hit, especially amongst the uh, Asgardian community. So thank you all for supporting her and supporting Soup to Nuts. And supporting Stephanie B as well. Absolutely. I couldn't do it without her. Absolutely. 
and shout out to Stephanie B who is in the chat. We also have joining us again, also has been a while, but she is wonderful, beautiful, and amazing, and a very talented artist to boot. And that is Rosetta Allen. Rosetta, how's it going? Ay, ay, ay. I'm alive. Probably <laughs> <laughs> this last few months. Oh my gosh. And you know, with me, you know how much crap would be going on, and I'd still find a way in here. So you know what it's been like if I haven't mm-hmm. been here since, you know, February was the first month I missed and I've been here the last few months. That's not me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's been crazy. And I've kind of filled people in a little bit. February, I right on the second of the month, I had the muscular issues flare really badly and it tore my calf muscle in five places on one leg. Um, beginning of last month we actually lost my father so i've been with mom and helping out with that and it kind of perfect storm with too many other things happening with me and i ended up yeah about four or five days before the funeral collapsing and ending up on an oxygen tank for six weeks so (laughs) my goodness other than that the fact that my car has been in a shop 900 miles away from me there you go (laughs) yeah well, you're here, and it sounds like you've been getting some good uh, bonding time with your mom. Yeah, it's trying to help each other through things and stuff, and selling, 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 and everything I can get, and taking little bits of donations and stuff for things, and because every little bit helps her, because you're talking to the disabled widow here and stuff, yeah. so it's just been crazy, and I think my mom decided I was nuts when I was sitting there on an oxygen tank making and selling stuff to try to help pay for the funeral. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know that we've been praying for you, and um, we know that, uh, you know, that's what's so amazing about our community is that, you know, we put the request out there and, you know, people come out and, you know, come out of the woodwork to, to help, whether it's through donations, whether it's through just offering up time and prayer. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to be here. And I know it's been a rough last few months, um, but you're here and, uh, and you're, you are doing well. So I just wanted you to know that. And uh, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. And I also uh, so thank everyone uh, for the chosen for being here. We'll go through once again just to see how everyone is, uh, what everyone's been up to as far as, you know, things that they've been watching or anything else that they want to talk about, because it is the chosen stream, which means that I won't be able to spend as much time in the chat. But I do appreciate all of the people who are hanging out in the chat. Uh, we got in disguise in the chat. We got Bruce in the chat. Sage of Rokaseka in the chat as well, popping in to say hello. He's got a baptism to go to. Hey, God bless you, good sir. Uh, and yeah, happy Ascension Tide to you as well, and a restful Memorial Day weekend. Thank you, uh, Great Wuda. What's going on? Thank you again. Hound three thousand is in the chat. We of course also got Laura, the modern major general of the channel, in the chat. Says that she won't be able to jump in today, but she'll be chatting. So thank you for doing that. Brian Barth was in the chat earlier as well. We also got ZK Man hanging out in the chat. Sounds like the uh, internet is not working very well. Uh, so sadly, looks like K-Man will not be able to join today. But hey, if you find signal at any point, K-Man, you just jump right in. Let's see. Matthew Highland, what is going on? How's it going? And I want to say Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. Saw your name in there. Let's see. Lucas hanging out in the chat as well. 
<laughs> all right. So before we go through uh, down, you know, down the line once again, seeing what people have been watching, what people have been, you know, going through, uh, I wanted to share just my own story. So I was late, and as you all know, I try not to uh, be late. It's it's something that I. I, I try my very best and, and pride myself on being on time almost all of the time. Uh, but it somehow, in some way, always tends to be on these chosen streams where things just randomly happen to me. Whether it's doing yard work and the machines just stop working or they just take a lot longer than expected. Today, I was weed eating up front and I unfortunately was using a newer one, one that I hadn't been using previously. And so I was just really getting used to it. And I was going down like the last line of grass. And sure enough, what happened? A rock got shot out and hit my neighbor's car and shattered one of their windows. So I was late because I had to, one, because of my social anxiety, had to build up the courage to actually go knock on their door and, you know, say, hey, I just wanted to let you know. And, of course, you know, offer to, you know, to pay for it once once it's been fixed and everything. So I had to do that. And then, of course, I just felt like I needed to clear the glass out of the street. And so I was late mostly because of that, because it took a while to try and get as much of the glass out of the street as possible. Luckily, most of it was right around the car and not in the actual street. But unfortunately, because there was that you know big pop, um, it did shoot glass in a lot of different directions. And so I think there's a little pieces that I wasn't able, unfortunately, to get. So hopefully, I got enough uh, of of the glass so that no one's getting a flat or anything. But yeah, that was that's my story. That's why I was late today. So thank y'all for understanding for uh being late abu nas coming in uh coming in hot with a ten dollars super chat abu nas says been a hot minute but passing through to show love uh one of the coolest dudes on the tube much love odin keep grinding and shining much love to your panel too sigh it's been it's hard being a star wars fan out here well amen to you abu nas thank you for stopping by good sir thank you for the super chat and it is very, very difficult to be a Star Wars fan. And it has I, been. Since I can't type right now. Hi, Apu. One of the sweethearts that's been supportive of me for almost three years now. Love Abu Gotta Nas. say hi to him. Obviously, yes. Thank you very much for being here, Abu Nas. You're awesome. All right, let's go down the line. And let's let's talk to some people. And let's see. I know that... Let's see. Tina... And Luca are on a time, and then Mr. Roy can stay for most of it. So, yeah, that'll be our order. If uh, and obviously, I think I think Matt's supposed to jump in a little bit later. So we'll go ahead and just get started with. Let's get started with Tina. So Tina, what have you been watching? What are what are things that you want to uh, talk about? Oh, is she not ready? Tina. Tina. Tina, 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 Tina. Sorry, I was on mute because I had a coughing spell. Sorry oh, I'm that. sorry. Uh, it's the, it's the weather here. Uh, K man, that blows. I was just reading his comments. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been doing okay. I only saw, uh, six movies this time, but mm-hmm. I tomorrow. And for any of you all that are interested, go to fathomevents.com and see what is playing near you. I'm going to see Smokey and the Band at the 45th anniversary tomorrow. Nice. 
So that'll be cool because I haven't seen the movie in years and I have never seen it on the big screen. But that's with Burt Reynolds, Jackie Gleason and Sally Field. Um, but it's a great movie and it'll just be a fun time. So uh, I know on one of our Soup to Nuts, we gave out the, the link to uh, Fathom Events because, uh, and then a lot of people went into it and were like, oh, there's going to be some great movies playing near me. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, I already got my tickets. That's not until September, but it was already selling out. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird is this fall. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life they're going to have for Christmas time. Uh, let's see what else. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is this summer. I think it's the 60th anniversary I can't remember the rest of them, but yeah, go into their system, put in your zip code, and they'll tell you the theater near you where you possibly can find one of them. And they, the tickets cost a little bit more, but yeah, they're it's fantastic. They've been that's great. I'm I can't wait to see Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, three weeks ago, I went to a Fathom event. The Metropolitan Opera was doing live from the Met, and they did Puccini's Turandot. So that was great because that is one of my favorite operas and it's set in a mythical fantasy China, Chinese empire. And it's about a princess who has uh, three riddles. And when her suitors come, if you can't answer the three riddles, she has you beheaded. And there is a reason behind all of this. So when our, tenor <laughs> shows up and decides he's going to challenge her to this uh that's where it all plays in is some of Puccini's beautiful music and I've been humming music from it from like the last two or three weeks or so so that was fun uh the soprano who played Turando is from the Ukraine uh the tenor is from South Korea the bass baritone who played his father is Italian, and he's been with the Met for like 40 years, I think he said. And the mezzo-soprano was from Albania. So it was kind of, <laughs> they had people from everywhere in it. So it was a really good performance. I enjoyed it, and it was like nice seeing it uh, the way you would see it if you were sitting in the audience at the actual Met. And the only thing I hated was like, I'm thinking, okay, we're not wearing masks at Cinemark, but everybody at the Met is wearing masks. So New York, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. One of, the, one of the benefits of watching it in a theater, right? Is, is yes, you don't have to worry yes. about that. Yeah. And they even showed uh, behind the scenes, the scene changes between the acts. And to see those workers like putting everything into place as quickly as they do, they only have like 30 to 45 minute intermissions. And to see how quickly they work was, I thought it was very fascinating. Uh, the production designer said that a production of that size uses, they have those big container that you see like on the ships and the cargo ships. Uh, he said for Turando, they had, I think, 15 containers. And they keep all the containers for their productions out of JFK. And then they haul them in for the performances. Uh, the production was designed by 
director Franco Zeffirelli, mm-hmm. but it was designed a long time ago because he's passed away, but he did several uh, opera designs for the Met. So yeah, it was it was great. And I hadn't heard an opera in a long time, so it was very relaxing. So, nice. so um, as far as movies, like I said, I only saw six. One was a repeat showing. Some friends of mine were like, hey, we haven't seen The Northman. I was like, well, I've seen it, but I can see it again. So went to see The Northman again, and I oh, knocked it up a half a star. <laughs> nice. So I was looking yeah. at that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like four, four and a half. Oh. I knocked it up to a four and a half. Yeah. Still enjoyed it. Saw, you know, it was like what I did to see the first time out. I saw the, you know, caught the second time, and I can't wait for it to come out on Blu ray and 4K so that I can rewatch it. Um, I think, yes, yeah, Stephanie was like, Tina loves her opera. Tina does love her opera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I we all enjoyed it. As as our little group, we we had a had a blast. So, nice. um, yeah, I was talking to my Uber driver last week when I was going to see Downton Abbey, and me and him got into a conversation. He's still very much um, in ten minutes. We talked about superhero movies, superhero fatigue, and uh, he said, "Yeah, he still enjoys going to the Marvel movies, but he's starting to sense that." They're just kind of saying Marvel and then throwing them out there and then you go see it and go, oh, my God, what a piece of crap. (laughs) So uh, so we were discussing that. And um, yeah, that was with my Uber driver. Sometimes I get great Uber drivers. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. Let me drop down to my three star movies. Um, I think it was last Saturday. I went to see Downton Abbey, A New Era. And I used to be a fan of the show. And after they killed off one of the characters, I kind of gave it up. But yeah, he was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so funny is I really haven't seen him in a lot that's good, Mm. but he is beautiful when he narrates audiobooks. I can see that. Yes. Yes. He, he, uh, what's the one that I have? Um, he did the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey. Oh, okay. And which I need to re-listen to, but yeah, he was. I was like, "This is this is your thing, you know. You should do this more often." Mm-hmm. And I think he has. I want to say he has narrated Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, okay. And. I think I own that. I'll have to look at my uh, my uh, Audible library. But anyway, yeah, Downton Abbey, you pretty much have to be a fan. See, I didn't see the first movie. Okay. Now I have to go find it. But you don't get cliff notes for this. When, when you go to see the movie, it drops you right back where they left off. So you already need to know the characters, the setting, what's been going on. No, they're not going to hand out a little manual to you and say, well, here's what happened in the other 
Downton Abbey movie and the other episodes, you know, so yeah, you have to be completely caught up with it. Okay. And that's what I was wondering because I was also a fan of the show kind of fell off a season or two after yeah. what you were mentioning yeah. and fell so far behind that it kind of just got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to catch up one day, but I just, you know, they're not short episodes. No, no. And I don't mind that. I, I got the idea that the, their first movie, because, because someone mentioned it in this one is that uh, George the fifth and Queen Mary came for a visit. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I really ought to see that one. Uh, I've been reading a series of books, um, they're mystery books, and you have this distant cousin which who is fictional, but she's related to the royal family, and Queen Mary will send her off to do little things, especially about the Prince of Wales and his mistress, Wallace Simpson. Mm -hmm. So those stories are kind of interesting. And so when they said, yes, the King and Queen were at Downton Abbey, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to find that movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, knowing this one, um, Maggie Smith's character, Lady Violet, gets word through her attorney or solicitor that mm -hmm. she has been left a French villa Mm -hmm. by someone she knew and of course the family is like what are you talking about who was this person that you knew and she's just very nonchalant about it so yeah. uh her son the, the daughter-in-law a couple of the door the granddaughters they all go to france to try to find out okay what is this deal what's going on the b plot was that a British film company wanted to film at Downton Abbey, which I thought was kind of funny because Downton Abbey is actually High Clear, uh, which belongs to the Carnarvons. And I thought that was funny. But anyway, they want to film a movie there. And then we kind of go into, bye, Steph. Uh, they're filming a movie. And of course, it's still the silent era. And then the studio informs them, you all will have to shut this down because people want to see these talking movies. We don't really know what they are, but people, oh, that's wanna, fun. people want to see that. So you kind of go into the singing in the rain sort of deal. And uh, so that was kind of, it was kind of neat. So yeah, you had the two plots kind of all came together at the end. And there was a, uh, for the ending, I would say, if you are a fan of the show, bring tissues. Oh, so, uh, but other than that, yeah, I like that. I gave it three stars because I, while it was cinematic and it was beautiful to look at, and I don't think there was a lot of CGI and nothing excites me more than seeing the English countryside and the French countryside. Uh, I felt at more first, like I thought you were going to say nothing excites me more than seeing them, uh, with CGI. No, I was going to be like, um... I don't think there was any, if there was any CGI in this movie, it was to touch up things, mm. but I don't think there was any major CGI. So it was a breath. There wasn't in the show, you know, so I, that doesn't, that, that wouldn't surprise me if they were consistent in that. Oh, let's see. Timothy Chisholm. Hi, is that Abbey a prequel about her life before the la last of us? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> Um, no, wrong Abby. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, Down to 
happy blossoms. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But the um, great characters are, are what make the show or yes. what made the show so good because even yes. the two that are on screen right now that worked in the kitchen, yes. I love their dynamics so much. It was so much fun. Well, and what was so funny, I think at the end we had at least two or three proposals of marriage at the end. Oh, my goodness. And one character who I'll just say has found himself and I was happy for him. Uh, I, oh my gosh, Slicer. Slicer had said he was afraid to look at it because he felt it would be woke. I did. I didn't notice anything woke in it. Yeah. And I think the closest you would come to saying quote unquote woke yeah. was a character who on the show had already been established as being gay. Yeah, that's what I, is that what you were talking about, about yes. the proposal? Yes. Yeah, that's what I assumed you were talking about. Yeah, and I don't mind that because we already knew he was gay. And so it's an original concept, too. Yes. So. What I don't like is when they turn somebody that everybody has always known as straight and they yeah. say, oh, this character's going to be gay now. Well, that no, that didn't happen. Or if the show was like nonstop, you will love this character. You will see yes. nonstop this character, which they don't do in the show. So. Everybody got their opportunity to have their screen time. Of course, the major characters are going to have theirs. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I but yeah, I gave it three stars simply because I while it felt cinematic, it felt like if they had put this on TV. Yeah. We all could, you know, sit down and look at it if you wanted to. Um, so I, I kind of knocked off a couple of stars for that. But otherwise, it was just like, yeah, we're going to watch a two-hour episode of Downton Abbey. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, the other th- three-star movie I saw, oh, I just looked at this the other day, is The Two Mrs. Carols, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And there was this one scene involving Bogart that in the back of my mind, I always remembered. And so now it was nice seeing it again because I could put it all into context. But it stars, well, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Barbara Stanwyck, and Alexis Smith. And one thing you have to do is Bogart plays an artist. Mm. And he kind of, it's kind of like, hmm. Don't know about that casting, but okay, he's an artist, you know. And uh, he is having a relationship with Barbara Stanwyck, and they get caught in a storm, and he puts his coat around her, and a letter falls out. And I think they've known each other for like two weeks. They're in Scotland. And she finds a letter addressed to a Mrs. Carroll. And he says, yeah, I kind of should have told you that I'm married and my wife's an invalid. And she's just like, nope, done. And she walks out. A few months later, he's free, not by divorce, but by death. And so Barbara Stanwyck becomes the second Mrs. Carroll. And Alexis Smith, who's a very fine actress, um, she kind of plays this cold-hearted woman that comes to visit them with her mom and then you start to see that Bogart is now interested in her so it's like okay well what happened to the first Mrs. Carroll is something going to happen to the second Mrs. Carroll and is there going to be a third Mrs. Carroll so we kind of go from there and Stanwyck as usual very 
this is one of your strong independent women, women, not women. Because Barbara Stanwyck was a wonderful actress, always had been, always had been. I saw some of her movies pre-code. And these idiots today, it's just like they forget this kind of stuff, that you had these kind of women before this slew of idiots today. Mm-hmm. They can't act their way out of a paper bag. So anyway, the child actress in this was quite good. I kept thinking I had seen her before. She had a very limited career. She made, I think they said she made 10 movies. Uh, she plays Bogart's uh, daughter, who's very precocious. Uh, she was in the classic Curse of the Cat People, which is a sequel to The Cat People. This is from the 1940s. And both of those are considered, I don't want to say horror classics, but I guess that was how, that was the genre for them. Uh, her name was... Ann Carter. But her career, uh, she went swimming and got polio. And so by the time she had thankfully recovered from that, she was like, you know what? I think I want to be a teacher. <laughs> so oh, wow. she got out of that. Um, Val Luton, I'll have to talk about some other time. But hey, so um, yeah. So anyway, she was quite good. She was on the level of a uh, a young Judy Garland, Liz Taylor, Rodney McDowell, one of one of those people, Dean Stockwell, all those people that when they were young, you could see they had potential. She just never acted when she grew up. Mm-hmm. So she, she was very good. Um, Andrew Graham, there was a Cat People remake that was made, I think, back in the 80s with Natasha Kinski. But the original is considered the best. It was made by a director named Val Luton. And that was from back in the 40s. But she was in Curse of the Cat People. She played the lonely little girl who starts seeing her dead mother. Oh, goodness. And it's, I don't know, it's very, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty tragic. I mean, it has a good ending, but it's pretty, it's pretty tragic. But because... Uh, Lonely kids, yeah, they get lonely and sometimes they fantasize. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that was the two Mrs. Carrolls and then the other three star movie I saw, I went off on uh, me and Rosie were talking about it. Uh, On one of our Soup to Nuts, we celebrated the the birthday of Rudolph Valentino. And so um, yeah, Stephanie's right. She says she saw the original Cat People and it's dark and scary. And the original Cat People is the one the they consider it the first movie where like say a character is walking mm. and then they start hearing footsteps behind them oh. and they pause and then when they start walking again you hear the footsteps and of course the panic is starting to set in and then you'll hear some kind of sound and then you'll realize okay that's a natural jump scare mm. the bus shows up someone opens the door but the original cat people is the one that they credit with being the start of that. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. So it's been years since I've seen it, but it was one of my mom and my grandmother's I like how the, the tagline for it is a tender tale of terror. Yeah, and the studio didn't know that Val Lugin was going to make, they thought he was going to make an out-and-out horror movie, and then when you look at it, it's more of a fantasy. Okay. And 
they still tried to start it as a they still tried to advertise it as a horror movie but it's not that yeah you know so uh but anyway yeah uh but back to i looked at two valentino movies rudolph valentino is one of my favorite actors um he's been dead what not not quite a hundred years yet and because he died very young and had an infection and by the time that either the infection or appendicitis but by the time the doctors found it it was too late Mm. and uh, but blood and sand um he plays a a bullfighter and he, he has a gets married i guess to his childhood sweetheart i know she'd been off at convent school but i i think they knew each other's children and he's been totally obsessed with being a bullfighter ever since he was a child and so he finally he you know finally uh becomes one becomes very famous most famous one in spain and then he gets hooked up with this woman that just kind of she uses men kind of like amber heard so uh (laughs) but i don't but i don't think she pooped in anybody's bed but uh anyway special breed uh, takes a special breed (laughs) yeah yeah so uh he gets involved with her and that's just kind of where the story goes so Mm. you know you kind of have to look at to see if there's any kind of a happy ending i guess (laughs) um and then my four star movies well like i said i upped the northman a half a star uh the other movie i saw from valentino was the movie that made him a star and that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse i finally yeah i finally set up a yeah i set up a spoiler review yesterday because when i started reading back over it i was like yeah this kind of spoils a little bit but uh june mathis at the time was considered one of the three most powerful women in Hollywood. She may have been one of the most powerful people in Hollywood, period, male or female. She was a screenwriter, an editor. Um, Back in the 20s? Yeah. But, but yeah. women women didn't have any women didn't strength back in the 20s until a force awakens where what's her name showed up as yeah, Ryan always tells me back in the never, 50s I mean there's never been strong women until these little zoomers came out there's never anybody in our generation who you know was like wrestlers or rock climbers or carpenters oh wait sorry I was just listing myself there but anyway <laughs> But, uh, yeah, June Mathis at one time was voted one of the top three most powerful women in Hollywood. She, The other two women were Gloria Swanson and Mary Pickford. At one point, June Look Mathis... that, credit as a writer. Yeah. Back in the 20s. Yeah. And at one point, June Mathis was one of the top executives at MGM. Look at all these movies. Yeah, I mean, she she was she is the one who's credited with discovering Valentino, who was an Italian immigrant and uh, he danced. That was one of his he he taught dancing, Uh, but he had been in some smaller movies and then she cast him in, uh, got him cast in Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And. the movie is about uh, this Argentinian 
I don't want to say aristocrat, but he's very wealthy. It's like he owns a whole lot of property in Argentina, and he started from poverty. He has two daughters, never had any sons. Two daughters. One daughter, the youngest, marries a Frenchman who is in Argentina under mysterious circumstances, but anyway. And then the other daughter married a German who was played by Alan Hale Sr., father of Alan Hale Jr., the skipper. Um, The German and his wife have had three sons, and the other... I'm just reading what Stephanie says. Stephanie's terrible. I, uh, I, but she's great, too. She's uh, but also, great. I noticed that Alan Hale is also in your favorite film of all time, mm-hmm. Adventures of Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he and Errol Flynn were close friends. Um, yeah, he's in the Seahawks. But I, I mean, now his son is better known because of, you know, Gilligan's Island. Well, but you know, it's a three-hour tour. It's a three-hour tour. Stephanie, he was an imitation of life. The first one, Stephanie just saw um, Imitation of Life. Oh, nice. I got to rewatch it. But anyway, okay. Okay. The, 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 the daughter who's married to the Frenchman uh, finally has a son. And the patriarch is like, oh, well, this is going to be my favorite because she's my favorite daughter. And now she's finally had a son. I'm giving him everything. Well, when... Julio grows up. He, then he's played by Rudolph Valentino. The two of them do, him and the grandfather do everything together. And yeah. the, I mean, everything together. And it's in the one scene at this bar where you see these two uh, tangle dancers and Valentino comes up, interrupts, steps in with the female dancer. And that's when we first see him do the tango, which sent women around the world into a frenzy. And you can look at that scene now, and it's like, ah, this man's a god with a little G. I mean, he's just everything about him. The looks, the sensuality, the he just has this raw appeal. I mean, just gorgeous. Um, but the patriarch dies unexpectedly, and he doesn't leave Julio anything. He splits the estate between the two daughters, which means their husbands will have control, because this is back in the day. And the German son-in-law decides, I'm moving the family back to Germany Mm. because I want my sons raised in the fatherland. The Frenchman, the reason why he came to Argentina is that he was a socialist draft dodger. And so he's he still wanted but he's like okay I want us to go back to France so that I can give my children everything Uh, World War I breaks out at you know at some point in the movie the fam both families you know we kind of follow each one of them the German family those sons are becoming very militaristic Uh, in France, Julio, the Valentino, Valentino character, is kind of a ne'er-do-well artist, falls in love with a, a young woman played by Alice Terry, who I think co-starred with him in another movie. Um, they fall in love with each other, but she's engaged uh, for an arranged marriage. Mm. And the Julio's sister, she's just kind of like the toast of Paris. But the war breaks out. And there is a philosopher 
mystic who Valentino and I think it's his valet, they become friends with him and he breaks out the book of Revelations to show them that what was known then as the Great War and the war to end all wars, it wasn't called World War One then, he breaks open the book of Revelations to show them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm. And we they are visualized in the movie and it's very scary. And then the, the great beast also shows up and of course is devouring all of Europe because that's what's happening. This is it's an apocalypse. Europe had never seen anything like this before. They had fought each other, but not on this kind of level. This is this is brand new warfare. And of course, both families end up getting involved in it, of course. Mm-hmm. And sacrifices are made. Um it's yeah, I would say bring tissues. It's just, you know, um it's a great movie. It's a very powerful movie. I know it's a silent movie, but yeah. the acting is not exaggerated. Hmm. Uh, Rex Ingram, who directed it, he did a masterful job. He was jealous that Valentino was getting all the attention. It's like, dude, this is Valentino. That you know, nobody had ever seen him before, and now he shows up on the screen, and boom, the whole world loves him. So Ingram went on to make you know other movies, but. yeah, that's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And nice. there's a remake. Um, there's a remake of, from the early 60s with Glenn Ford, who probably was too old at that point to be playing Julio. And what's so funny is Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse was the top box office hit of that year hmm. and really put MGM in the green or in the black, and the remake almost bankrupted them. Oh no! And was a critical and and of course a box office flop. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It's like you had this dichotomy, same studio, and it's like now y'all should have just re-released the original. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I saw that, and then and we did discuss this on uh, the Thursday show. Um, Ray Liotta passed on Thursday. Yeah. And so we we talked about him on Soup to Nuts for a little bit and I rewatched Goodfellas. Oh, it's 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 if you're gonna honor Ray Liotta, that's the film. That's the film obviously to, to go with. Yeah. All and, my life I wanted to be a gangster. Yes, yes. I I and I actually saw I I've seen that movie a billion times and I caught something and went, Oh, Damn, Scorsese. Because, um, I mean, you see you see movies so much, and it's like you start to know every little nuance. And I, it's the prison rec room. And if, if any of y'all has sensitive ears, please cover them up now. Um, it's the prison rec room. It's the scene where Karen come, is coming to visit Henry. And... Out of the corner of my eye on the left side of the screen, I'm like, why is that guy's head bobbing up and down? Oh, no. And then I realized he was on his knees in front of another man. I went, oh, 
I have never seen that before. It's been a while since I've seen Goodfellas, but I don't ever remember that in a scene. It was just like my eyes. The camera's just kind of panning uh, Mm -hmm. horizontally. Is it out of focus in the background? No, no. It was up front. It was up front. That was the reason why I was like, why is his head bobbing? Oh! Oh, my goodness. Because there was one, uh, did you ever, I don't know why this is where my mind went, but have you ever seen, uh, I think it's Magic Mike, the first one? I've never seen any of them. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, I have. Yeah, you can judge away. But anyway, in the <laughs> the films are actually well made uh, because, um, oh, what's his name? Is the writer, director, um, very, very talented guy. He made a he made a film with a with an iPhone that I really liked. Oh, okay. Um, that one was called Unsane, uh, and I actually really liked that one. But I'm blanking out on his name. I'm sure someone's gonna help me out in the chat. But anyway, in that movie, there is a scene where there's a shot that's in focus, and and you only ever see this out of focus. That's why I was asking about whether or not that what you saw was in focus or not because. What you realize if you're paying attention is that the thing that's out of focus that you're watching and and never comes into focus is someone using uh, – if you've ever seen Austin Powers, you know that at one yeah. point he has a Swedish maid enlarger. Um, so basically someone is pumping and literally – and and you don't see it because again the, the 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 center of the screen is on an actor and the focus is on them and then all of a sudden if you just pay attention and you look you're like wait a minute what's in, what's this blurry thing that's like yeah. in like the corner of the screen and you're just like oh my goodness someone is pumping and that's again that's just what what your <laughs> what your thing made me think of because I was like oh man but your sounded like it was actually a lot more uh... <laughs> oh yeah but I mean it happens it's not like the camera lingered on them the camera is like panning. It, people in the room but i don't know why my eyes just suddenly i went what what what, wait and i did wind it back but it was after you it starts hitting your brain you're like oh 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 wow marty geez wow so yeah but it was steven soderbergh that was who i was who was oh steven soderbergh oh okay Yeah. yeah um but yeah, it was so nice seeing seeing it again. And I've watched a lot of other YouTubers that do analysis of like gangster movies and other movies. And there was one um, one YouTuber, I forgot the name of his channel. Uh, he had asked the question, did any did we all think that um, De Niro's character, Jimmy, if he was going to kill uh, Lorraine Bronco? And he kind of went through the movie because a few people were like, no, I don't think he was. I think he, you know, was really going to give her the dresses and stuff. But when you look at the scene, you can see what this YouTuber was pointing out. And I mean, to me, it's fairly obvious Jimmy was going to have her whacked. And when she runs to get in the car and she's like, no, I'll check it out next time. My mom's watching the kids and she jumps in the car. The camera pans up. And if you look at the street signs, one says one way and the other sign says Smith, I think it's Smith Avenue or Smith Street. And then it says uh, the other street, the cross street is nine. Mm. So that's indicating like Smith and Western, Smith and Wesson nine millimeter. 
So that's almost like Scorsese is hinting at, yeah, this was what, what was going to happen to Karen mm-hmm. if she had gone in there. So, it, yeah, it's it's cool. It was great going back to watch Goodfellas. Yeah. I'm sorry I was watching it because of, you know, Ray Liotta passing like yeah, that. But, but all, yeah, I, and it's it's always been a five star. I, I have no issues with it. It's close to being movie perfection so mm-hmm. so anyway but that that was it nice for me. Yeah. and I, definitely one of his best movies uh arguably for sure a- i think that's absolutely that and taxi driver are normally in the yeah top discussion yeah and i i don't know if laura's still in the chat but uh i got laura to look at age of innocence mm. and which is not what people think of when they think of scorsese they're mm-hmm you know, automatically going to say, well, you mean his gangster movies? And no, this is not really a gangster. Age of Innocence is not a gangster movie. And I know he did, um, oh, shoot. I can't remember who's in it, but it's about the Last King of Comedy? No, it's the one with... Oh, Silence. Not Silence. This is another one uh, that he did earlier. I think Stephanie, I think Jeremy Irons is in it. No, he didn't do The Mission. Oh, he didn't do the mission. Who I don't did think that? He, I don't think he did. Okay, I could that's be wrong I, on that. I'll look that that's, up. That's the one I'm thinking of, but because I love uh, that film, yeah. Roland uh, jo- Joffe did the uh, did that one. That name sounds familiar, but I don't know yeah. him. Okay, yeah. Bryant said, yeah, it's Roland Joffe. Okay, yeah. well, and let's it felt, see. Felt like felt like it Robert Bolt. Like it definitely could have been no the one because the the religious he did two religious themed films in it so that's the reason why i was thinking yeah Yeah, because silence is the one where he does this is just this is interesting because like uh, catholics are kind of torn on this one because of the way that it portrays the faith but i love it i like i fell asleep in theaters the first time i saw it to be honest um but when I woke up, I was just like, I was loving everything I was watching, but I just didn't, I just didn't plan to watch it. It was like, it was a late at night showing and it's a long movie. It's almost like, almost like three hours, about, yeah, 161 oh, wow. minutes. Okay. And, um, but oh my goodness, it was, it was powerful. Is and that uh, yeah, Last Temptation of Christ, thing? Brian Barth said that that would be another one he did. That, okay. Yeah. Um, which is another controversial Catholic film. Yeah. Because <laughs> at one Brian... point. Some uh, bishops, I think, were like uh, had actually like shut it down, like pe- didn't allow people to to watch that. Yeah, Brian uh, asked me and Stephanie about it on, an, I think, one of our early episodes of Soup to Nuts. So uh, yeah. we said, well, we don't usually talk religion, but we'll get into that because we're talking about a movie. My mother saw it. Yeah, I refused to see it. Uh, she told me what was going on in it, but I mean, like I was telling Brian. With Last Temptation of Christ, and I'm sure Willem Dafoe was just fine. My issue is Jesus was not going to be hanging on the cross thinking about, well, if I had made another, now I'm I'm regretting my life choices here. I'm like, nope, he already knew why he was on earth. He had already gone through all that pain in Gethsemane. He had prayed for his father to remove that cup from him. This was it. He's yeah. not going to be sitting up there thinking about lusting about Mary Magdalene or what, whatever it was. But yeah, my mother saw it. She had mixed opinions on it. I just said, I, I, I'm going to flat out. I'm not going to watch it. So yeah. it could be a perfectly if, fine movie. If I you mean, go you know. into it knowing that it's religious fiction, 
then I it's it's a lot more because no, well, it's important to do that because did, yeah. there are so many things that are changed. Like the relationship between him and Judas is very different, for instance, yeah. uh, amongst the other things too. But I, you know, going into it, going like, okay, this is again not scriptural. This is just again, it's 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 religious fiction. But then also too focusing on how this is looking into more of the humanity of Christ versus mm-hmm. his divinity. Right. That is where I appreciate this one personally. Okay. So I actually like this film a lot. Again, I don't think anyone who like if, if there was someone that I knew who was maybe struggling in their faith, I, I wouldn't want them to watch it because I think that it could lead them down a, a path that, that would, you know, be, you know, that, that was something my mother said. Mm-hmm. She was like, because both of us, strong in our faith and my mother said i would not show this to someone who was just becoming a christian or is wobbly in their faith because this would throw them off so much yeah so but anyway so yeah that's the only movies that i saw and i think i'm gonna go ahead and yeah i'm gonna go ahead and cut out okay and uh, I'm going to post the link to Soup to Nuts in the chat again. Please join us. Uh, Stephanie and I haven't decided on whether we'll do it Thursday night or Friday night, but next week, but we will post an announcement in the next couple of days to let you all know. We always let everybody know in plenty of time. So I thank you so much for yeah. having me on. And rest of you have a great rest of your day. And I'm going to jump out of here and I will just say please join us at Soup to Nuts where there is Stephanie B knows this, where there is no politics no religion and now (laughs) no box office numbers so see ya (laughs) bye 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 I I just take that personally like i feel like that was directed at me i think it it was too it hurts my feelings i mean beforehand i was like oh okay no no politics no religion and now no box office numbers now it's like hmm are my valkyrie trying to tell me something or not but anyway do check out soup to nuts uh right now it's being the show's being hosted on uh tina's channel so tina b so we have a link that is in the chat and also as i uh showed on the screen as well you can see the soup to nuts the movie loving heretics uh 70 b is gonna jet as well so 70 b thanks for modding today i do appreciate it and uh tina b thanks for being here as well and yeah blessed memorial day yes uh bless memorial day and yeah i hope everyone is uh planning to do some barbecue of no, some sort no hunky chunky that's what i would have said to odin if it was aimed at him oh wow yes this would be true that if they add that in where we don't talk about 80s films because or where we do talk about 80s films because then odin wouldn't be here because he doesn't know anything about 80s movies <laughs> or something like that good at it no, I'm not very good at watching the you, 80s you do films. Not, no, you, you're not very good at the whole skill of ball busting and insulting. No, I'm not. You're right. And I'm I'm actually proud of that. So, But I'm proud of the fact that I'm good at teasing my friends. Yeah. Well, again, I think you I think you can be proud of, of your gift and I can be proud of mine. So, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thank you everyone for your all of your gift comments. gift avoiding 80s movies? I don't avoid them. It's just that I ha- just have happened to not um, <laughs> be able to do so. 
I, I had to after the setup from Hunk Junkie. I'm sorry. Yes. No. I, <laughs> I plan to blame the monkey. I, yes. Always blame the monkey. I plan to remedy that to some extent as best as I can this summer. Um, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. So anyway, let's go on to our next. Uh, so let's see. I know uh, Luke is on a time frame. So Luca, first time uh, participant of the Chosen of Valhalla stream. Is there anything that you want to talk about, Luca? So uh, actually, free movies oh, and okay. uh, a book, if okay. it is possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, more or less, what I'm doing now is uh, doing my diploma arbeit, as the Germans call it, uh, more or less equivalent to a master's thesis on Father Garigou Lagrange. Actually. Ah, yes. So, uh, his theological profile and doing some writing, also writing articles on philosophy, theology, cultural criticism. There's a website we have, so a group of friends so that's more or less the <laughs> the let's say the um, uh, how my how my uh well not only day but my projects so look mm. like nice is there a book from that that you were gonna talk about or recommend uh yes actually from joseph pipa leisure the basis of culture it's a great book so okay. Uh, actually, so I can begin with that and then move to to the movies, because yeah. I I like the book. I think I reread it a couple of times already, and really it's something I would say very important for the this day and age, because we're all moving around and and without let's say without inner peace. So we are all all busy. Uh, restless on social media all the time <laughs> yeah and forget about the stillness and effortlessness let's say the uselessness of uh, to use to, so to say to use some the time for something that's not you uh, that's not useful mm -hmm. so, yeah in that sense so uh, to have a let's say a passive a contemplative stance towards reality mm -hmm. and that means watching a field of flowers, walking through the woods, watching the starry night, reading a book, or having a beer, beer while gazing at the beauty of creation, so at, mm -hmm. at, at, at the reality, praying, philosophizing, and, and theologizing, mm -hmm. so and celebrating liturgy. So it's in that sense, I would say his book really points that out how important it, it is to be still, as the, as the psalm says it, and know that that I am God, as as, mm -hmm. as the psalm says it. So in that sense, I would say I really recommend to anyone that really wants to get to more in a more profound and a deeper way to understand uh, the importance of leisure. So true leisure, not not using time for to be busy or for to for something, but really to 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 just look at reality so yeah yeah that that's the addition so also the ignatius press it's a good yeah so it's a very very good book it's short especially the, i would recommend especially there are two essays i would especially recommend the first one so mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is actually one I because I got a and I've talked about this on the channel before, but you know I have a master's in in theological studies, and so one of the books that we read through during that time was this this one from from Peeper. So I I love this book because yeah, it is something that is again even from even if I think you might come from like a non Catholic perspective, I think yeah. he's taking it from a much more philosophical background, which I think has much more broad. Uh, strokes basically um, versus if he was taking it from a purely theological one. And I think it's so important for us to understand that leisure is a good thing, but we also have to understand what leisure actually is, right? What proper leisure actually is. And so I think that your breakdown was very good with that, but yeah. yeah. So that that's basically, so for the book recommendation, so I, I was, I, I, t- I, read reread the book every now and then so mm-hmm. because it's such a it's really a gem it's really yeah. a gem so and it's neat I, it's, every, I need to go back to it for sure yeah every time i read it i learn something new mm-hmm. um so about the free movies uh yeah. the first one i would like to talk about is the one that also laura saw yes. is um ex machina yeah the 2015 movie so i don't know how much i can say regarding spoilers <laughs> Well, my my rule typically is that if a movie's been out for a long time, as this film, again, it's been out now for seven years, mm-hmm. then I, you can talk about as much as, as you want. But I will just just let people know. I'll put, uh, I'll put the little spoilers tag up. So talk about whatever yeah. you want. So basically, if, if the, for those of you who have you who have seen the movie, you know it, but who have not. So there's this programmer. His name is Caleb. And the, he works at this company, and the, the, the I would say the president of the company, CEO of the company, uh, Nathan, who is pl- so Caleb is pr- played by uh, Dom Hal Gleason, uh, the one that was in in Star Wars. Uh, the, yeah. um, Both were yeah. in Star Wars, actually. Yeah, and also Oscar, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah, he was also. Uh, and the, Nathan wants so the CEO wants him to prove. Um, so he is designing this new AI, um, and he wants to prove that. And this AI is called Ava, mm-hmm. and he wants to prove him to test if she is really capable of thought and consciousness, uh, despite knowing that she's artificial. So she's an AI. Can she prove that? Let's say that she's a person, and then. He does that, and slowly Caleb falls in love, begins to fall in love with Ava, and he decides to help her escape. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's and she tells also Caleb, ah, you should, you should. Nathan cannot be trusted, uh, and she convinces him that he cannot be trusted. And so Caleb, I would say, especially for those of you who have saw you, really. Ava shows she per- actually she pretended she liked Caleb mm-hmm. in order to escape. <laughs> yep. Uh it's it, it's it's an interesting concept. So if you, I watched it for the first time I was thinking well he'll probably escape with her so there's the thing. So the twist was okay. Mm-hmm. You could have ex- expected that she would maybe she would have left him behind but it was Nathan who figured it out, and Caleb mm-hmm. was actually deceived. So, in all of that, she proved actually that, let's say, from that perspective, that she was 
well capable of that she was conscious. Mm-hmm. So in that, and it's an interesting movie. Oh, absolutely. I would, yeah, I would give it. I would say a solid free, a solid free. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah, especially uh, especially about humanity. You know what 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 does it mean to be human? Uh, what are the limits of technology? I think is another good one that people probably don't think about as much, right? Because even though, because there's a test, I forget what it's called, but there's a uh, test, the Turing that, test, the Turing test, yeah. And so he wants to, to be able to pass that, basically, for her to pass as human. And yet, we recognize from this though that even though she's so close to being and seeming like human, she still lacks really the soul. And I think that is what is something I don't know if Alex Garland who wrote and directed it was intending with it, but that's definitely what you get across from it. So I love this film because of the implications that it, that it has. Yeah. So it's solidly made and really when you get the free of them, when they're building, being alone, it's really uh, there. So that the, the dynamic between, um, the dynamic between uh, the Caleb and Nathan is really good, and also, especially when when and that's what I, as you said, it when Ava begins to, she ha- already has a face, so but when she actually and puts on a ha- hair and the dress, mm-hmm. and you can really, and one can sympathize actually with with <laughs> with Caleb in the sense. That he is okay. He is convinced now that she's actually a person because from from the outside, okay, he can see the arms and leg. Okay, yeah. there's a difference there. But when you look at the face and the hair, it's it's she seems human and and she acts mm-hmm. like a human and she also shows interest to him, toward him and everything. So yeah. I like the movie. So yeah. it's really. It's fascinating. Really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that Alex Garland has not done much since then as far as because he did Annihilation, which I would not recommend for anyone. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, and then, of course, Men is the newest one he's made, which from what I hear is just very just woke. It's like men are bad. And so men are evil. And then this movie Annihilation, I don't know if seen, anyone's seen it, but it's it's just a, a cluster is a polite way of putting it. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so what was the other uh, films you watched? So the second one was the same that the same one that Tina saw, Goodfellas. Oh, okay. <laughs> so in in honor of Ray Liotta, yeah. when I heard that he passed away, so I just said, okay, I'll, I'll rewatch the movie, and it was really so. It I would say. There's two similar movies, so Goodfellas and Casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think all people like Goodfellas more than Casino. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing, and the second thing, I really enjoyed to see Robert De Niro acting, and not and not doing what he's doing the last I don't know 15 years, not acting. So his and it's really a joy to see him. <laughs> that he can act. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes you forget that at one point he was a really good actor, and unfortunately, he's just taken so many really bad, you know, <laughs> so many bad decisions. What's this? What's the comedy series that he's doing with? Ben, that he was it with Ben Stiller? Yes. The, he, uh, uh, it, 
Oh yeah, it was the uh, fa- oh, what was it called? The father? No, um, fam. Well, was it wasn't welcome to the family. It was yes, yeah, something, but it was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I mean he's terrible there. You can see that he's just being there. He's not acting mm-hmm. anymore. So Me- he's just there. Meet the, meet the Fockers. Uh, yeah. uh, the meet the Parents. Are, yeah, yeah that, that was the sequel, was Meet the Fockers. So. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, uh, he was just there. So that was his. And it, there are also several other films that he did in later, later in his career. I didn't see The Irishman, so I cannot say if he was, if was any good in that movie. Uh, also it was, not. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was one of those ones where it was like a shadow of your former self. Because like yeah. it was it could have been that like it could have been a return to form, but unfortunately the film just had a lot of issues. Yeah. So what I liked on, so, and also Scorsese's mom is one of, well, is great in, in Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> and what I like, especially for this time, I read an article that a friend wrote, on the topic and he one of the things he pointed out and really um liked it was the the topic of the banality of evil or Mm. one could say the unbearable lightness of evil so it's interesting to to watch in the movie so how these guys are for well especially tommy so pathological Mm. completely no empathy no sympathy for others Taking time bombs, time bombs, shooting other people, beating and be, beating them up, even killing them, and for no good reason. And it's interesting. So one is mocking him, and then he shoots him or kills him at the end. Yeah. And really, as a, as a, a this friend really pointed out, good that they're never th- thinking from a standpoint of of the other, and. And you can see, especially in the case of of Davido, that of Tommy, that he's unable to 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 sympathize, to empathize, mm-hmm. and he has no remorse. They don't feel remorse, especially in in his case, that is obvious. And then at the end, when they well, when they put this guy in the trunk and beat him up, put him in the trunk. They go to get a shovel to Tommy's house and they have a breakfast with Tommy's mom and laughing and having uh, <laughs> uh, and laughing and, and uh, having fun. And I was, and you were watching and you hear from the trunk, his, he, the noise from the trunk and you're, what is going on here? <laughs> so it, it's really this banality of their, their, what, it's not saying that they're not evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. but these acts are everyday acts. They do evil things. Oh, it's it's really something like eat, eating breakfast or one one moment they can beat up a guy, kill a guy. The next moment they're at the table, yeah, and having fun, making joke jokes and everything. So it's really, really, really. <laughs> that's really i would say strong in, oh, yeah. in a sense when when one sees that so yeah it's the full, full corruption of the conscience right where it's just like yeah. you see no issues at all with what you're doing and you can just move on to the next thing and, and see no problem 
Yeah. So it was. <laughs> so it, it was a great movie, but uh, I will have to. Well, maybe now take a a little bit time to maybe rewatch it again. I yeah. think it's okay for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the last movie actually I saw was Gladiator. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I actually saw that last night. I finished today. Began last night. But it's really, really, really. I enjoyed it, and especially. So the cinematography, the the score is great. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I think it's Zimmerman, or am I wrong? Let me see. Who, Composer who Han, score? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. And, and Lisa, Lisa Gerard looks like Gerard. she helped. So it, the score, uh, the movie. Well, I rewatched it. It's not that I watched it for the first time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Was if it was your first time watching it or not? No, it, it was actually, but now it was all almost years ago since mm-hmm. I last watched it. So I said, okay, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if it still and holds it really, up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. But what I found, um, the weakest part, the weakest link, is actually the character of Commodus for me. Hmm. I think it's a little bit over the top, and because he's so over the top, uh, I understand it's also the father didn't love him, so Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Father didn't love him and everything. He really didn't connect. He wanted the father's affirmation and everything, but still, I found him to be the weakest link, and it's mm. uh, in the whole movie. Okay, but the movie is is great, especially. Uh, the end when one what at the end when he one could say that maximus uh when he's he died for rome and for the mm-hmm. one could say for the salvation of rome for the salvation of others so one can see the i would say so <laughs> the christological themes that yeah really yeah, yeah. Pre- that are present and uh, at the end especially you can see uh that when he dies in the Colosseum and then the senators come, the slaves come, the soldiers come, and all of them, so senators, slaves, soldiers alike mm. carry his body. So it's it's really emotionally satisfying. Uh, I don't the, think I've ever made that connection before, but that actually is, is a very interesting point. Yeah, because it really, it really in a lot of ways fulfills that, you know, there is neither Jew nor Greek. You know, yeah. like like all of them together, you know, and it shows the yeah, the unification really, you could you could argue, of of the Roman people for sure. If I remember correctly, there's one at one point that when Maximus is actually taken a slave, at one point you can see Christians being prepared for uh so he sees there's a uh one person with a cross there, and uh you can see if I remember if I saw correctly they're actually so christians that are going to be put in the arena for being out to to for the satisfaction of people so that they can enjoy them well suffer but it's Mm -hmm. it's it's so he puts it there but it's not in the center 
But still, you can see, I think, he's playing. So Ridley Scott is playing with the stoicism on the one hand because mm. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Although Marcus Aurelius was very <laughs> anti-Christian. So <laughs> <laughs> people forget that. So he was a very philosopher and everything. But one of the great par- persecutors of, Christ- of Christianity. So uh, mm. talk about that. So that's I laughed a little bit at, at the beginning when he said, what will people know me for in the in the future as a philosopher, as a warrior, as a tyrant? And I thought to myself, as a persecutor of Christians. So, <laughs> <laughs> but okay, uh, <laughs> but it's 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 interesting. So to see um, uh, that part, so that mm-hmm. I would say the Christological trope. Yeah, which I, which I would say it's a primordial truth. It's that's 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 uh, I would say in any every culture mm-hmm. uh, because it's I would say uh, some sort of uh, proto so proto evangelium in that sense. Mm, so, okay. Yeah. Have you have you read? Because uh, for the, for those that 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 probably can't tell, uh, me and, and Father Luca are, are very much on the same wavelength on on a lot of things, um, <laughs> especially from from our faith. But uh, have you read Timothy Flanders' new newer book, uh, City of God or City of Men? Uh, no, but I bought okay. it to, today. Okay. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because he he kind of talks about. Like and he tells this history, but it's through the lens of focusing on how every culture typically there is a concept of logos, there's a concept of cultus, uh, and I forget the other thing he mentions. But like, there's all of these elements that are there. Like, so there's always a like, there's always this concept of a cultus or a religion or a culture, and there's also always a, an understanding of what truth is, right? What a, you know, a logos essentially, and so. It's interesting how you're you're able to find these connections in these ways uh, within the film, but also, of course, within the time of history as well. Especially because in stoicism, so mm-hmm. you mentioned it, so logos plays a great part. So in their understanding of philosophy, so mm-hmm. their philosophical understanding. So these are well, more or less, the movies. Uh, yeah. Well, one could, I could talk <laughs> maybe a little more about it, but still, um, as I said, the one the one thing I found interesting uh, was when uh, so when Commodus before he uh, turns to patricide before he murders his father, mm-hmm. does he he says uh, to him that his father wrote to him a letter listing the four cardinal virtues. And then he saw, read the letter, and he said, I don't have any of them, but I have ambition. I, <laughs> <laughs> I may not be and, a virtuous and, person, but, you know. Yeah, I have resourcefulness. I have courage. <laughs> well, not on the battlefield, battlefield, but I have courage. And so it was, so it was really, really, that's uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, other things, so br- more briefly, that I... Mm-hmm. Was what that I'm watching? So Battlestar Galactica first season, rewatching actually, okay. and it's uh, so it's I watch it sometimes. So two episodes in a row, and then for a week I don't watch it. So it's a yeah, but but it's 
But it's a good series. And it's something, especially I think one time the Critical Drinker discussed it with somebody, Battlestar Galactica, uh, the new one. So Laura, the new one. Yeah, so I was wondering, the 2003, 2007? The 2003, so 3 version. And what I found interesting is, so especially in in connection with, um, so one of the executive producers uh, is, um, I don't know who who was, uh, I think it was uh, Ronald Moore. He was working on uh, Voyager. If I remember, it was him who was working on on Voyager, and Voyager should have been what Battlestar Galactica became in a sense of survival. I don't know why. More emphasis on survival than on being TNG in Delta Quadrant. So Voyager later became actually TNG in the Delta Delta Quadrant, and it Mm. was. And I said, I think, especially when what, comparing what Battlestar Galactica accomplished in a sense, survival of the human race in a unhospitable environment. So somebody's there to kill you mm-hmm. and, and uh, to exterminate you completely out of existence, and then you're re- the struggle being without water, be, being without resources manpower is low and everything and it's really how you become aware okay they're in a dire situation and every decision is actually life life of death death mm-hmm. it's either survival or complete destruction of the human race yeah and you get the the weight uh, of that and in voyager because and he left after i think one after one or two episodes after some episode, I think a couple of episodes he did. It was early yeah. on, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He- yeah, with Voyager, it was basically like the eternal search for Janeway to have more coffee. There wasn't yeah. actually that much serious <laughs> to it. I mean, so tea was Earl Grey tea was changed for coffee. I'll, I'll, so- I'll stick with the card on that coffee. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've I've tried I've tried Earl Grey before, and it's just yeah, not really my. Yeah, I'm our coffee guy also. I, so. I I am a tea snob, and that I'm also a snob to most teas. They have to be made traditionally. They have to be made properly. They can't be this chemically brewed and stewed stuff that they sell in most stores because that just doesn't taste that good. Because mm-hmm. the only what you taste is the processing and chemicals. Loose leaf, well grown, naturally made. Yeah. So I'm a little snobbish. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so, and that is why, why I like Bethesda Galactica. So we're ret- also returning to it because I think it's a, what Voyager should have been. And so it's a, naturally it's not in the, in the, <laughs> in the star, Star Trek universe and everything, but still I, I, thing that really shows us the potential of of Voyager and how they waste the opportunity to turning Voyager into something really really good but now it's a to be honest a mediocre series when one watches Mm. it now yeah and finally uh, because of the famous or infamous slap on the Oscars 
my guilty pleasure is not independent the independent independence day anymore but I'm i have to guess. change it so i'm taking a guess <laughs> is it wild wild west is that what no you're no oh, it's, no it's still wild wild west because it's still with him he's okay, still here yeah, yeah. uh now it's armageddon so oh okay <laughs> so i said american flags everywhere check mm-hmm. yes <laughs> uh romantic story check Michael uh, <laughs> aerosmith check <laughs> Explo- the only part of Jack- that movie that i liked aerosmith because <laughs> i don't want to miss a thing <laughs> uh gigantic explosions check so but it's really it's really cheesy and everything but it's okay so i would say in the, in the sense of gu- guilty pleasure movie nice it, it's so, actually a really fun guilty pleasure movie this yeah. and there's another film that it's not in space, but it deals with a similar concept. Uh, have you ever seen The Core? The Core, not. All right. No, no. So basically, the core of the Earth stops spinning, and so all chaos starts, you know, breaking loose on Earth. So they have to drill down to the center of the Earth in a machine that's made out of a special metal that the hotter it gets, the more energy it gets, et cetera. It's this whole, mm-hmm. you know, sci-fi, but it's all in the earth. I thought that was really fascinating. So that's another one too, where I, it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> well, I, I have to see that one. <laughs> yeah. It could be fun. Yeah. So more or less, these are the things I wanted to talk about. Nice. I hope my English was. Oh, it was perfect understandable absolutely dude absolutely <laughs> and and uh stephanie b before absolutely she fine yeah before, before yeah, stephanie b left fine. before stephanie b left she was like <laughs> love that accent so and uh look at, it, and, look at it this way to him most of the yeah. friends that i talk to all the time most of the people i'm backstage having chats with all the time are in england ireland some in germany and stuff so i'm used to those accents mm-hmm. <laughs> And your English You're is actually fine. very good. Yeah, your English is very good. So yeah, more more of a Slavic accent. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're a lot closer to English than some of these people. Hell, you're a lot closer to English than some of the Brits that I know. I mean, <laughs> 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 and the funny thing is, they will actually tell me. I don't know how, but you're better at the language than we are. And it's like I don't know how either, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but we'd actually got a ten dollar sasa super chat from Vake. Said, "Great meeting you at the Geeks and Gamers meetup in uh, Orlando at Universal City Walk. Good luck with the DS9 streams. I'll be tuning in. Hail, well, thank you very much, Vake. I appreciate that. It was great meeting you and everyone else as well in Orlando. It's insane, and I'll I'll be in uh, Dallas. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, before going on any further, uh, so Father Luca is going to have to head out. But uh, uh, again, Father Luca, thank you for joining us." Oh, thank you, you for have having a great me. Night. Uh, yeah. you, so I will see. So, uh, so more or less, uh, hour and a half remaining. So I will watch it later on. Awesome. So, so have a great stream, thank great you. day, and see you in Discord Absolutely. and on streams. Absolutely, and thank you once again. Like actually, like uh, with words, thank you so much for. For all the books as well. I cannot wait to dive into. I'm so excited to do research. So thank you very much for the books. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> you have a good one, man. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Oh. There we go. So 
Thank you to Father Luca for joining today. And uh, again, a man after my own heart. K-Man, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, he's here. Well, he's got signal. Do you want to do him first? Yes, I was, I was, I was like, I, I know go Mr. Roy. Go for it, go for it. I'm good, I'm yeah, good. Only, go for it. Deal with him. Mr. Roy, you only, good on time? I got, I yes, got two movies. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, K-Man, what's been going on? What you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get straight into the movies while I still can. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, seen uh, uh, Top Gun, Maverick, uh, yeah. on Tuesday when they had a special early showing. Seen yeah. that in IMAX. What were your thoughts? I actually enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. The first one, it's been since probably about, probably mid 90s the last time i had seen the original so can't remember too much about it but based off of what i do remember of it uh, this one actually it plays well with the original and i for being a sequel i actually give it a great uh credit for it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i don't know if you agree but i think the story is better than the original yeah. Which is a rarity. I mean, normally when you have sequels, especially when you have sequels where, that are like, uh, you know, delayed by several decades, normally you're like, nothing can top the original. But this one, it's it, almost every single tier, whether it's writing, cinematography, etc., matches, if not exceeds that of the original, which I think is incredible. Yeah, it's one of those rare movies where I actually didn't want to look at my watch to see how many more how much more time was left i was like it it could have lasted a little bit longer and i would have been fine just because i was actually intrigued with how they had everything going Mm -hmm. there's one thing that really surprised me about is that uh everybody in the place actually is one of those rare occasions where you didn't have people on their cell phones people weren't talking through it and whatnot Actually, had people engage like whenever something was funny, everybody would laugh and whatnot. And at the end of it all, actually, people were clapping for it. Yeah. So your your, your theater also at the end had uh, had applause. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's something that's so rare in a lot of films these days uh, to have people clap at the end. You know, I've always kind of had a mixed feeling about that because it's like uh, it's a movie no one from the film's there no one can hear you but at the same time i do still recognize the fact that this film even got applause i was like man that just really shows you how well it was made yeah because it, it it had a little bit of everything it, it gave nostalgia of the original with different things it brought you a little bit something new that especially with the choreography and stuff like that and Mm-hmm. bringing the jet basically bringing the jets to life flying oh in. yeah you know? oh absolutely like again it was just so it's so insane uh, of all the things that they were able to do with the cameras in this film because i'm pretty sure those were imax cameras they had in there yeah because i know that a lot of the film a, a huge portion of the film was actually shot in imax um and it just looked incredible. So yeah, totally agree. Uh, the shots were just amazing. The cinematography was phenomenal. Yeah, so I was going to say, if if you're able to ha- have the chance for anybody that hasn't seen it and that wants to, if you can, I would say try IMAX at your best. It, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's still going to look great in the standard film, but 
yeah. uh, showings of it, but definitely IMAX would be the better choice. Yeah, and I would actually just say, unless you know that there is a theater, like a local theater that you trust to have, uh, you know, the bulbs being replaced and, you know, the sound system working just fine, then, you know, obviously whatever you, you know, whatever your normal movie going habit is, I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's going to relate even off of IMAX. That's I think how well done it is, but I would recommend IMAX to people just because so many people haven't seen a movie in a long time or very rarely go to the cinema. And I think that it's a film that's, it's actually worth going and spending that little extra bit of money with, um, or if you have something like the AMCA list, like I have, it's uh, again, you don't have to worry about the premium because it's, it can be one of your movies that you get for the week. And it's just, it's fantastic. So yeah, glad that we agree on that one. And that's the reason why I will give this one. I don't give it to too many movies, but I will give this one an A. Nice. Yeah. I think I ended up giving it a solid A myself and it's, it's one that I would love to look back on again. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, uh, I, as personally, as a person, I don't really care for Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah. But as far as like the acting and especially in this movie, it did a good job on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you know, if you can't separate art from the artist, which I know for some people it's it's hard to do, then obviously you're, you're still going to feel the same way about Tom Cruise. But I, I think that he does show that he is beyond just his crazy action stunts. He still would, is about his I action stunts. His acting, I've always kind of felt, was beyond his action stunts a little dry. But Top yeah. Gun, the original, was one of the few that I thought he actually had better acting in. And that's from somebody you know my opinions of him mm-hmm. very well. You know what? Yeah. You know my opinions of Johnny Depp's acting, and I'm defending him too. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's where you separate the art from the artist because I don't think he's a horrible person, but I think his acting is in my personal taste. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say if you thought that the original one was kind of a, a separation of his other films for his acting, I think that this one would would also be in there because there are some emotional cues and emotional scenes in here where you you, you, you get the yeah, it tugs at your heartstrings, this film uh, a couple of times and it's great. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah. And then what else were you able to watch? Uh, there's a 1984 movie called uh, Streets of Fire. Oh, sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. Yeah, well, of course uh, not. It's 80s. <laughs> ah, there it is. You were just waiting for it. Duh. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those ones that apparently uh, the guy that directed this one, Walter Hill, he, uh, he also was involved with... Uh, 48 hours with Eddie Murphy and uh, oh, basically okay. this is one of his uh, projects that to do like he wanted to create a movie that embodied everything that he loved growing up and so it pretty much it uh, it's like a mix between 50s and 80s as far as with a mixture of uh, he basically wanted the main character to be a comic book type hero without powers type deal. Mm. And, but, uh, and he also, he, from what I read up on it, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to make the movie not necessarily looking for, when they casted people, he wasn't necessarily looking for people that could sing and act, but 
he won mm-hmm. it like because he ended up for the most part for any the performances in the movie is actually sung by somebody else other than the actors so he went out trying to look for what he could be the best actors to do that job and then the best mm. singers to come in and overlay any audio for like music and stuff interesting so that's the reason why uh even though Diana Lane she looks like she's actually performing the song is actually somebody else that's actually singing it. Okay. And, uh, and funny thing is, it's talking about Tom Cruise. He is actually one of the ones they w- were hoping to get to play the main character in the movie. But uh, at that time he was, uh, apparently he was working on another project and couldn't do it. And so they ended up with, uh, Michael, uh, Perret. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to see Michael Perret. I don't know if I don't know if I recognize him from anything. Yeah, apparently they wanted to make the movie into a trilogy, but it did so poorly at the box office that whenever, because I think it originally was going to be it was originally one studio's project, but another studio ended up taking over it afterwards, mm-hmm. and uh. They spent like fourteen something million dollars on making it, but only came back at with about eight million. Okay, dang. <laughs> so they, so the new studio, when they got the rights to everything, they was like, "Nah, we're not going to waste the money if we can't back off of it." Mm-hmm. But I, I ended because, because when you're watching it, you can see where like things just—it's like they either cut out something. Or they just overlooked certain things. Like you have like one scene of something happening. Like, yeah, I guess you can kind of say it's a spoiler. Like they, uh, mm-hmm. they're in the bus sitting there talking. And then the very next scene is them uh, fixing a tire. And like somebody says, you don't want to be in this part of town. And then the very next scene is them make change the tire you don't know what happened in between for them to have to change the tire and that's oh, that's not good <laughs> it, it, pacing was real quick it's like they was trying to rush it trying to get the story through as quickly as possible i mean mm-hmm. it, it it came together but you could tell that they if they would have spaced it out a little bit better yeah then it would have it might have actually people might have actually enjoyed it a lot better because uh it's only 93 minutes, so they, it's definitely a quick film. Yeah, if they, if they would have actually went with the full two hours and actually added a little bit more to it, it, it might have, uh, it would have paced out a lot better. And I think that was their main mm-hmm. problem. They didn't really pace the movie. I mean, like mm-hmm. William Defoe, he did his usual uh, making very convinced guy. He, uh, oh, nice! He, he played the leader of a, a motorcycle gang that they that that's one thing that they did not waste any time on was him and his gang coming in and tearing everything up like within the first three minutes of the movie. You, you barely, nice, you, like you uh, you had them with the the performance of the singer on stage, and literally as soon as she's finished singing, that's when the action started. <laughs> so is it pretty much a non-stop action film 
for the most part. Uh, okay. They, they do slow it down a little bit for a story, so you. But if it's one of those deals where if you are not watching the whole movie, you can end up missing something out of it. Mm. Like you, you sit there and be like, "Where did this person come from?" or how did this person go from liking this person or hating this person to liking this person or something like that? Yeah. I see Rick Moranis is listed here. What was yeah, his he, role in it? He plays the uh, boyfriend slash uh, manager of Diana Lane's uh, character. What? He, yeah. he uh, And he's one of those ones you can tell his character is, is learned about her not because of her safety but because of mm-hmm. uh because he knows that if something happens to her then that's his money down the drain because he no longer has an act interesting it seems very out of character for a rick moranis role just, just, just tie him to you know just tie him to space balls with that one because you have to look at him more villainous for that mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of hard to, i mean i mean he he tries to become a good one yeah, but I, I can't see him convincing as an asshole. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, and he, he he tries to, uh, 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 but he, but it's still hard to because you look at him, you like, yeah, you, know, you don't know, you like, how am I supposed to be mad at this person? He, you're sitting there cussing me out, but look at you, you're like, how can I get it back? Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much uh, his character is like he is because he goes from not wanting to be a part of it to then wanting to be a part of it just so he don't have to uh, lose money or. But it is very something. Uh, very gold diggers. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably. Nice. This one here, uh, I probably, being generous, I may, out of a 10, maybe give him a 6. Oof. But Bill Paxton's in it, too. He plays a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a major role, but, but he... <laughs> yeah. He does, he does a... He's still he, Bill Paxton, so... But the funny thing is, is that uh, I didn't even recognize him in the first scene because uh, they had somebody come running across the screen during the first big uh, action thing. And uh, it didn't even look like and it wasn't until like the second time that he popped up that he was like, yeah, we, we had this thing happen the other night. And he was like, oh, that was you? Yeah. I guess it was just because of the fact that because, like I said, it was a mixture of like the '50s and '80s all together. Because, like, huh. all the the cast, like any extras and then secondary characters, they were all dressed like in '50s. But then you had ones like Diana Lane and a couple other char- main characters dressed like they were in the '80s and playing mm-hmm. and their dance and music was all '80s, even though other acts were '50s style. Hmm. Like I said, it was just one of those deals where the creator he he just wanted to he wanted a hodgepodge of everything that he thought was cool throughout his life to be in this movie. Yeah, 
So he made sure that they had a romance in the rain type scene, even though they didn't really need it and had the biker gangs and everything else. No fun. <laughs> uh, did you see anything else? Uh, pretty much uh, as far as anything like that go, that's pretty much all I really made time for this time okay. around. Uh, because I could have watched more because this past week I've actually been off work. I mm-hmm. actually go back tomorrow night. But uh, I just more or less took that time to be with family and actually do stuff outdoors and whatnot, which is one thing that I always love to do. Mm-hmm. Nice. So how has uh, work's been going well for you as also? Uh, if they quit changing my schedule around and all that it probably be well the schedule and don't want to keep me in one spot i'm mm. supposed to be in one department but they keep on changing me and wanting me to go back and forth between working like two or three departments in one shift mm-hmm. and so and pretty much getting to the point where between that and my schedule the days off being changed every week. I'm pretty much to the point that I'm trying my best to hold up because I got other things in the works outside of there that I want to try to get done to where hopefully I won't need to have that as a full-time job, but it's becoming more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while we still have you uh, connected uh, for those that want to support the K man, uh, you can find him at xtheboundaries.co, and you can find his uh, his music there, Winter Battle, and you can also find Back to the Roots and other content there as well. And uh, anything else you wanted to update with uh, with things going on with the music? Yeah, pretty much uh, one song that I'm working on now, which. That one's going to be more or less time to find somebody, once I do get it recorded, find somebody that can actually sit down and mix it, master it, because it's going to be a little bit different than the other songs done in the past. uh, Most, all my other songs have been mostly like hip-hop type songs. This will be the first one where I'm actually trying to do a country-style song. I guess uh, you I guess you could compare it to something along the lines of something like what Giant Cash would have where you don't have actual complete singers more like along the lines of a toxin type deal. Mm-hmm. And so, nice. And you still have your uh, merch up as well? Yeah. And need to start uh, trying to come up with some new ideas for designs and whatnot because uh, I will have uh, as soon as I come up with a logo for it, I uh, actually will have logo for different products With uh, whenever I go to start doing a, a podcast here soon. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just more or less trying to get everything together. I still need to get a logo for it and then find uh, uh, how to get everything together to where I can upload it to like Spotify and stuff like that. But yeah, use uh, Anchor.fm uh, is one of the best ways because you can, one, it's free, so it'll host your podcast for free. And then also you can hook it up to Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, and pretty much any major 
podcasting platform. That's what I do for mine. Yeah, cause this one, the podcast is pretty much, um, it's going to be called uh, Thoughts of a Crazy Man. <laughs> nice. I like the title. Which my ultimate goal is for each episode is that I'm going to take a few different ideas, put in a hat and draw out of it. And whatever gets drawn out is going to be the topic of discussion that nice. for that episode. That's fun. And, and I will say up front that there there won't be no guarantee of no politics, but I'm going to try to keep it as possible. Yeah. Because it since there's so much out there already, mm-hmm. I'd like to try to give a little people a little bit more of a break on stuff like that. Oh, for sure. And I mean, trying to avoid it altogether can be hard because so many different things and topics have been politicized. So yeah, it, it's, but it's nice to have just a, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people will appreciate just having, you know, a podcast to listen to where they have a better than not chance of, of hearing any modern day political news discussions type thing. So Sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm hoping it will be. I'm hoping when it does get out there that people will be just one specific topic. Just it'll be that day, and me and host decides to join in on the conversation. We talk our thoughts better. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very very cool. Well, I'm glad that the connection was able to hold up uh, for you to to talk about that stuff, uh, K man. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you stay uh, connected. But if we if we lose contact with you, thanks for for jumping on today. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, of course, of course, uh, Mr. Roy. I know that you are also one uh, shorter on time. So how's your time looking? Uh, it looks good. Okay, good. So, Mr. Roy. Well, first off, Matthew one seven. Welcome. just needs a turn to switch on i guess yeah (laughs) it's okay uh so well welcome to the stream matt we'll get we'll get to you in a second but uh mr roy i know that you you've got stuff to do so what have you been up to what have you been watching uh i watched uh, anatomy of a murder okay so going classic there what were your Mm -hmm. thoughts uh i really liked it Gosh. Uh, every, every time I watch an older film with James Stewart, it seems to be really good. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. There it is. Yeah, nice. Anatomy of a Murder, 1959. I always, for some reason, think that this is a, I don't know why I think it is, but I always think that this is a, um, oh, what's it called? A Hitchcock film. No, it's a, who directed this? No, no, it was Otto Preminger, but like every time I see it, I'm always just like, "Oh yeah, that's another one of the, <laughs> that's another one of those movies from from Hitch- from Hitchcock." And then it's like, "Nope, no, it's not." <laughs> no, it's far from Hitchcock. It's a very straightforward trial movie that's yeah. done really well. Um, nice. You watch it, you don't know which side's going to win. Pretty much throughout the whole film, it's just fantastic to watch. Um, James Stewart's fantastic in it. I mean, um, Jimmy Stewart's just always yeah, great in everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, as, again, I, re- I highly recommend it. It's it was a part of that um, Sony six movie set that I got, which was weird. 
Cause it's, oh, it's, okay. Yeah, it's a ridiculous set of movies. <laughs> it yeah. comes in this magnetic like case that opens up, and it's got this booklet. And all, it's... <laughs> Oh dang! Yeah, it's almost a, it's seventy five dollars when I bought it, but I mean it was worth it. Oh dang! So how many movies are in that set? It's six of them. It's, okay, just uh, six of them. Okay, Oliver. Um, oh, that's right. Stripes. Yeah, when that set got released, I was just so confused. Yeah, it, Sony releases their movies in the strangest way, and I don't yeah. understand why. <laughs> because I was like, this is the most random combination of movies to put into a set and so i was like part of me was like i kind of want to get it but then also at the same time i was like but i have a couple of these but this this set is just so weird i don't quite understand why they decided i I don't either like the first set goes for like 200 two three hundred dollars now this set you could get like 70 bucks because just the the movies they picked out were so weird (laughs) i know I know, and that's why I was like, I was so tempted. I was like, you know, maybe now it's go- it's down in price. Maybe I'll pick it up. But then I was like, ah, I feel like I I have the ones that I really want, and the other ones that would be kind of nice to have. I don't know. Again, I don't quite understand what they're doing. Like, I would love for like Columbia, for Sony, for all these other studios to do what Warner Brothers did when they did their fifty movie collection. Oh. Like that to me is is the way to go. Now that was the Blu-ray set, um, so I'm sure the 4K would be a lot more. But uh, it's oh. just like, oh, it's you're just looking through it. You're like, oh my goodness, this is the entire history of Warner Brothers. Like, I, I want all of these studios to do something like it. Uh, I I still like this approach though. It, every movie came in its own case and its own book and everything. It, it wasn't mm. like what Universal's doing where they put their movies in the sleeve cases. They all get messed. Like my Back to the Future. <laughs> Sets actually messed up, like the second film one you play. Anymore. Oh no! Oh, really? I guess I didn't check mine. <laughs> oh, did you? Did yours get uh, scratched up too? Matt? No, I just I got it for Christmas the four K set for Christmas, and uh, yeah, you test all the all the discs and uh, yeah, Universal's okay. notoriously bad. Like the my mummy sets also like that too. All, all the mummy they come in sleek cases. Yeah, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Paramount CBS is also pretty notorious, especially with the like uh, forty disc sets of like Star Trek and Twilight Zone all <laughs> stacked, and uh, take up as little space as possible. But can't help but feel something's gonna come come loose. Yeah, it, making a thin case, but also making them so they're all separately pinned in and they're well pinned and stuff is a fine art. And I've seen some cases that do it beautifully, and I've seen some cases that they're not that thin. They're badly made. They won't hold in place. And, you know, yeah, it's okay. It's old one and stuff. But I still remember I bought this box set right when the first Star Trek movies all came out collectors, so like when I was in college. And I liked it because every single one of the Star Trek movies had this whole thing in it. Each one had this whole detail in it. They all tied together in an image that they created on the sides and stuff. The same way they did the special edition for Andromeda and stuff. And that era when they were making the cases so intricate for each disc and stuff, I miss that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to say, like, I bought the 10 movie collection for Star Trek. It, it was all, you know, pull it out real quick. 
Yeah, uh, that one had it where it was, I think it was like multiple plastic pieces that held yeah, the disc. Yeah, it's like a book. You open it up and every disc has its own little spot. Yeah, the one I got was actually, it's this long box tray and each one has its own fold case and everything in it. Mm. Nice. Yeah, so this, yeah, yeah oh my goodness, this set. I, I, uh, I was going to try and pull it up. Yeah, this 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 Columbia Classics 4K set, the, the second volume. So now it's 90, it's up to $98. Um, <laughs> but oh it's my, 40% off. Yeah, 40% off of what it normally is. But yeah, Anatomy of Murder, Oliver, like Taxi Driver, anyway? sh- Stripe, Sense and Sensibility, and The Social Network. It's like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I guess I bought it because I think the only movie I've seen out of set was Oliver. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're saying this stuff about collections and how they make them. Mm. And I think about some of, some of my favorite ones I have. Like I have the phone booth collectors one for Get Smart where it's, they're all inside their little seasons. But they're inside this like specialty box that's done as the folding out phone booth like he was walking through at the beginning and all this stuff. We need more stuff like that that are Robocop. fun cases. Yeah. What was that about RoboCop up there? That wasn't Robo. Robo on it? No. I wasn't looking no, at the images. I just like this uh, Columbia set. I, I do like the way they've designed it. Like this fold out design. You have the individual releases. Like, I do like that because that was the one downside. Yeah, there's a 4K oh. steelbook that's out oh. for it. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite nice. Mm hmm. If it's the director's cut. Yeah, I think uh, it has several. Um, yeah, um, it's got the director's cut and original theatrical release. That yeah, looks awesome. Yeah, it still looks real nice. Yeah, I have that. Hmm. <laughs> now we've got him off searching. I'm kind of tempted to do the same. My uh, movie case is over there. I would be tempted, but it's in the other room, and I'm not feeling great. Aw. Yeah. It's I'm the sorry. it's an Arrow video release and uh let me see if i can pull this back up like that so yeah it's very nice mm. it's got the artwork on the front and the back <coughs> cool yeah and then it's got a little little booklet inside but it's also got the inner artwork which not all steelbooks have and i appreciate that it's on this one but yeah this is an arrow video release um and they do very very good work with theirs uh this might be one of their first 4k steelbook releases um, I, actually, I actually also picked up the one for Top Gun recently. I they've done it. so many different releases of that film. Like they did a 4K release, they did a Steelbook release, they did. I feel like there were like three different releases over five years for that movie. I got 4K Steelbook. Yeah, and uh, I essentially watched that earlier this week to have it fresh in my mind before going to see Maverick. Mm-hmm. I uh, painted that. Painted my Enterprise while watching it too. Oh, nice! Painted the Enterprise while watching the real life Enterprise on screen, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great rewatching it and watched all the special features with it too. And nice. I tell you, I really, I always really loved the movie, but now I had a much better appreciation for it, and all that was in my mind when I went to go see Maverick, which. Talk about later. Sorry to put in. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, there's that first set you were talking about, uh, Mr. Roy. Yeah, it's up <laughs> three hundred dollars now. 
It's so crazy, though, because these sets can sometimes go up in price like this, and then sometimes mm. they just randomly go on sale, because that's yes. when I got the 50 movie uh, collection from uh, from Warner Brothers. Let's see if they even still have that. Brothers. Same with Star Trek 50th anniversary. Yeah, I bought that still... one when that was on sale. Oh, nice. Uh, these aren't the ones. They got iTunes. Uh, maybe it might be out of print now, but I remember I got I got the one that I have for, for like I want to say it was like seventy five dollars. Same, and it's like fifty movies for seventy five dollars. That's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what else were you able to watch, Mister Roy? I watched the birds. Oh, okay. Now that mm. is a Hitchcock. It's funny. It's like oh, the other one. I always think it's a Hitchcock film. Now we have an actual Hitchcock film. <laughs> So it's uh, okay. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those films oh, you watch. The birds. And... I said the burbs. Yeah, the birds. <laughs> yeah, it's an okay film. Yeah, it, I enjoyed it. It's it's one of those films you see it. And you know, it's a classic film, and you see the effects, and some of them are not aged well. <laughs> and mm-hmm. You kind of laugh at it, and then oh, I kind of laugh for me. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, um, like them. Yeah, I, I could I could put it into context as a, as a film made back in 1963, so I understand mm-hmm. why some things don't look that good. But I mean, yeah, it's still I, I know it. It still has that creep factor too. Yeah. I mean, that the the one scene when they show you the guy with no eyes still yes. terrifies me, haunts my yeah. dreams. It's also one of those films I didn't take too seriously. I was like, there's no way these birds could actually attack in real life. And this actually ha- some of this stuff actually happened in real life when you look yeah. it up. Absolutely, and and also you you think about uh, there's all there's all of these films that exist now that are like post apocalyptic, and you ever if you ever think about it, you're like, okay, what happens? What would happen if like the food supply went away, and you know what would happen if birds were like one of the only creatures left? It's like they would attack you because they'd be hungry. So yeah, it's uh, it's one that if you look back, yeah, some of the effects definitely are dated, but. Some of them hold up, and the overall story, I think, still also. It's not my favorite hit of the Hitchcock films, but it's it's one of those films that I don't want to watch only because it actually terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's one of those good examples of a film where they mix practical and like real birds with with mm. its with its effects. So that's I I think that's what's lacking in today's films. They use so much CGI that it just doesn't yes. look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least this one, it's, it doesn't look completely artificial. It, it, you know, you could still tell that they're doing an effect, but with a CGI overused today, everything just looks, again, so bland and just so fake. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Were those? So you said that you had only seen those two films, right? I've seen four, actually. Oh, four. Uh, okay. So what else have you seen? Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, what were your thoughts on this one? I... It's one of those films I know it's a classic, but I didn't care for this one. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I am the same oh. way. I don't understand. I, I just, I tried watching it, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. So what, what were the, th- the things that you had issues with? Um, mostly the story is basically Richard Dravis seeing the UFO, and then he abandons his family to go chase after this <laughs> UFO, and then he goes up with the aliens. It's, it's, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so very... I don't like the story of this movie. Yeah, honestly, a, it is a pretty straightforward uh, linear story. 
I think the reason why people like always bring it up, I, I guess it's because of the effects and because it, you know, from the seventies, it was like revolutionary for the time. And I can respect that. But yeah, I, I look at a film like this and I think to myself, yeah, 2001 space Odyssey still did it better. Yeah. Um, if you were to pick a film that's got the most Steven Spielberg tropes, it's probably this film. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good point. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the you know middle class family issues. They're struggling to survive. They end up in extraordinary circumstances. It, I mean, it's got the Steven Spielberg really long takes with the bright lights. It's you know using bright lights to hide stuff. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's got everything. It's got um, John Williams' score all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that uh, John Williams did the score for the film because I don't. I don't even remember what the score was. I didn't even double check to see if he did or not. Let's he did. No, I, I have it up okay. right now. But oh, I just—that's why I was like, I can't. I can't believe he actually did it because I just don't remember it. And typically, most John Williams scores are are pretty memorable. Yeah, and I'm sure I'd, we just ticked off a bunch of people that are huge fans of the film. Uh, but. <laughs> I can say the the 4K looks really good. It, oh yeah, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, mm. it's on the list. Yeah, it, it, it's one where you. I feel like it's it's one that you check off the list. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like that's that's where it fits in. It's not that you want to see it because it's a revolutionary story or for any other reason than oh yeah, it's uh, it's a list. It's listed as one of the greatest films of all time, and yet I don't w- quite understand why. <laughs> right yeah, there with you, Mister Roy. Homework for a film buff. Yeah. yeah, I can get that. Oh well, uh, I mean, I still love Citizen Kane. Well, Citizen Not... Kane is a great film. Yes, it is. I know a lot of people kind of uh, there's like a backlash because it's often viewed as one of the greatest films of all yeah. time. People then kind of have that high expectation. Of yeah, like, oh, my, it wasn't that special. Yeah, but, my oh, I loved my it. my wife, I think, worded it best. Where when when she saw the film, she said, "I can understand why this is considered to be one of the best films of all time, but I don't like it." Like so, like that right. that to me makes sense because you know not everyone's going to like every kind of film. That you know it could be a genre thing. It could be mm-hmm. you know a, a myriad of of, of different uh, different things, but at least people have that understanding of, you know, again, even my wife who doesn't like darker films or anything to that extent, she was still able to say, yeah, yeah, but there's still these really awesome elements that I can totally understand. I I don't have that for close encounters. I look at the film and I'm like, other than the visual effects, which really aren't all that impressive. I don't really understand it, (laughs) but yeah, we're not alone. That's, that's what we can say about close encounters. We're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) And then what was the other film, Mr. Roy? Uh, I watched uh, Evasion what? USA, starring Chuck Norris. Oh my goodness! I always, you and K Man always have at least one of these, <laughs> where it's where it's like, oh, I, I just I have to. Okay, it's called Invasion USA. Yeah, uh, nineteen eighty-five. All right, I put of USA. That's probably why it didn't show up. Look at, oh yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. I love that tagline. America wasn't ready. But he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is probably this movie's fantastic. I don't, I don't know what's. It's, it's, One it's, man it, army. Yeah, it's objectively bad, but it, I mean, it's. I loved it. 
it's probably I something mean, that... Yeah. What are you surprised by? Yeah, I was surprised at how just fun this movie was. It, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's probably going to be the movie I recommend to you during the summertime when you go on, <clears throat> when you're doing your viewing, um, oh. your summer movies. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Invasion USA. I guess I'll write it down. It doesn't really seem like my cup of tea, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's free, so it's not gonna cost you anything. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, let's see. It's on Tubi, Pluto, oh. Hoopla, Ro- the Roku. Ch- okay, so tons I'll of options. Yeah, tons of options. Yeah, a one-man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. That just already, I'm like, wait a minute, a spy is attempting an invasion. How does so, that even work? So, so Soviet mm. slash Cubans invade Florida. Oh, oh right. They, they don't say why, but they invade Florida. Mm. <laughs> and then Chuck Norris comes to the rescue. I had to look up the name of the main character because I don't think they even say it in the movie more than once. <laughs> Matt Hunter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the Red Dawn, actually. Mikhail Rostov. There's a McGuire. Nico, Tomas, Cassidy, Johnston, Harper. I guess those are all military Tomorrow. people. <laughs> John Eagle. There's a character named John Eagle in the film. Yeah. yeah oh, um, that's great. Yeah, Chuck Norris co-wrote it. So. <laughs> oh, well, mm, there you go. <laughs> this there is the kind go. of movie uh, you could take cl- clips for and put Synthwave on top of and make a great AMV. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see the other things that this guy's done. So he did Friday the thir- the director did Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, uh, missing in action with Chuck Norris from '84, Red Scorpion. So Dolph with Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. So I guess he has a thing with communism. I guess <laughs> Delta Force One, Lost Patrol, and then Power Play from 2002. Interesting, interesting filmography from a person. <laughs> Oh, I'm intrigued by this now. And yeah, then it's written by Aaron Norris. Yeah, like his who's brother. Aaron? Yep. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> what it must feel like to be the brother of Chuck Norris. Dog, dog. It's like, oh yeah, who are you? Oh yeah, I'm Chuck Norris's brother. What? And he's like, yeah, it's not as cool as you would think. Because I'm at the end of the day, I'm not Chuck Norris. So <laughs> It's just like a, it's just a constant reminder. My entire existence is, oh yeah, don't ever forget yeah. that you're not your brother. <laughs> I sell insurance on the side. I'm still a hero. Yeah, Chuck Norris is literally Chuck Norris in this whole movie. He does not act at all. <laughs> does he ever? Nope. <laughs> I still miss the old. Uh, it was on the Conan O'Brien show, and it was it was back when before he went on TBS. And he had a lever. It was the uh, Walker, Texas Ranger lever. And so every time, randomly, he would pull the lever and it would be a random clip from Walker, Texas Ranger. And they were always just the best clips. Like either slow motion fight sequence or there was one that was my favorite. It was one where uh, this guy who's the villain in the episode is, is talking to this kid who's on a ladder. And he's telling the kid to jump down. And he'll be like, oh, I'll catch you. And then it's slow motion has him jumping off the ladder and then the guy moving away and letting the kid fall. And it's all in slow motion. And then it cuts back to Conan. And he's just like grabbing his hair like, what? What the heck was that? 
Yeah, this whole movie is like, so it's just random scenes of the the Soviets slash Cubans just doing bad stuff. And then Chuck Norris just shows up out of nowhere in a lifted truck with big tires, shooting people with Uzis. All just random scenes. None of them connect. That's that's what's hilarious about this movie. (laughs) So it's like, they were like, what what would look cool? Okay, let's film it. Great. All right, what else would look cool? Oh, yeah. All right, let's film that. And then they're like, oh, we have to make a movie now. Oh, let's just put them all together. They didn't want to edit any of this stuff that makes sense, so it's just back to back. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. It's like schlock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. I love it. Wow. So that that was the last one you saw? Yeah, that's that's pretty much. Oh, I mean, I saw, I've seen a bunch of movies, but oh, I was yeah, kind of yeah. was narrowed down to four that kind of stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of all Did the I ones, get that at the right time then. <laughs> Invasion USA, absolutely. Another '80s film I haven't watched. Rosetta, Heck yeah, um, all of them. I mean, <laughs> I know, but in this case, it's uh, again the tagline was "America wasn't ready, but he was." Chuck Norris, <laughs> one man army. <laughs> so out of all the films that you watched, Kate, uh, or Mr. Roy, uh, out of all the films that you watched, which one was your favorite? This one. <laughs> the train wreck. I mean, no explanation. No explanation needed because it's just like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> what else need be said? <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted to shout out or, or talk about? Maybe anything from your collection or anything like that? No, that's uh bought a bunch of i mean i'd been on the stream five months so there's yeah there's way too many movies to list <laughs> yeah was, what were uh, i guess your top buys let's see do, 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 do. Uh, i got the it's a wonderful life on still book nice uh american werewolf on london limited edition okay yeah uh the Godfather Trilogy Collector's Edition, which is ridiculously big. It, it won't fit on my shelf. I have to lay it like sideways. And... Oh, oh, oh! You got so you got the actual limited collector's edition. Yeah, yeah. That that it's ginormous. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's pretty much it. I did get a really good deal on. I got the. Harry Potter 8 film collection on 4K, Mad Max, 4 film set, and then I, when I bought those two, gave, I got the Karate Kid set for free. <laughs> those are two for three deal on Amazon. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I got like a... Yeah. That's pretty nice. much it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Because um, I... Yeah, I've been, you know, picking up a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff's been sent to me, too, so... Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to Mr. Williams. He sent me a, uh, the, the Godfather 4k set, the regular set, but still, um, I'm very excited about that one. And, and, you know, finally like diving into that and seeing, I, cause I still haven't watched the new cut of Godfather three. Um, and I hear it's, it's not like, you know, the biggest change in the world, but I hear that it is enough to where it does make it a little bit better, uh, with the new version and the new cut. So I'm excited to, to check that one out. Um, and uh but also uh some films that i was sent more recently too and i think she might still be in the chat or at least might be listening but shout out to laura she sent me she said that she was going to send it to me but the film from 2022 the outfit um she had talked about this one with mark ryland zoe dutch dylan o'brien 
So I'm also excited to check that one out too because it was a film I was not able to see in theaters. Oh man. Anything else that you wanted to talk about, Mr. Roy? That's, I know it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I bought a new media player so I could play. So it's, it's I'm going to probably blush pronunciation of this. It's Zidu Z10 Pro media player. Zidu? Z I D O O. Z10 Pro. Oh my goodness. I have not heard of this before. So, like, what what does it allow you to play? Like, so you'll the... play straight up 4K and Blu ray backups without converting them to anything. Like, you'll play the menus and everything. <laughs> without, uh, you just straight just play the backups and it just does it straight out of the box. You don't have to do anything special or anything. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I still, yeah, because when I use, because we. Uh, for those that don't know me and uh mr roy are also uh in a different way uh after each other's own hearts uh as me and as me and father luca with our with our faith me and mr roy uh have a strong connection with our physical media collections but also with our plex uh and our or rather our uh our storage backups and so whenever i've made the or used the make mkv i i don't know is there is there a feature so that you can actually back up the full disc? I thought it, you could only just save the files. Yeah, so you use the the disc backup thing. It'll back up the disc in a folder with all the files and stuff. Um, this player will just straight up just play the folder like it's an actual disc. It's like okay, it, no different. The menus pop up and everything, and you could watch special features and everything. Oh wow. Uh, I say I I never thought I could do that with the 4K because I I because actually I I don't even remember being able to do that with make MKV with the Blu-ray. I thought that only DVDs you could make with 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 at least with MKV proper you can make an actual copy of. Yeah, apparently I mean it works fine. I got 124Ks right now. Oh my goodness! And I need to. I might I might need to message you to be like, how did you make that work? Because <laughs> um, 54 Blu-rays. Oh my that goodness! Wow, I've only found I think two so far that don't work. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that's usually how how it goes. But that's amazing though that this little player will actually you know play those full. Because will anything else play like like does the shield? I have the Nvidia Shield. Would that play those files? Um, there's an app you got to put on there, and then you have to do something with the app to make it work. Mm, okay. That's the that's the thing with. That's the reason why I bought this this player because it yeah. just straight up just works right out of the box. <laughs> that's amazing. It just works. <laughs> yeah, something you always like to hear, right? It's just like that just works. I don't know how, but it, you know, it just works. It's just that's that's just amazing that you're able to get all of that, uh, all that stuff working together. Because yeah, I've noticed that sometimes when you do the backups, that there are sometimes where like the disc or the back of the disc will say, oh yeah, it has this feature and this feature. But then when you go to the individual files, they don't show up or at the very least they're not named. So that's interesting though. I'll have to, I'll have to check, I'll have to check that out and pick your brain on that one. Cause that, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably um, link you the video yeah. later to the, where I found this thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And at the very, yeah, at the very least uh, how to do the, uh, the disc backups because uh, I, I, 
I want to say all that stuff's in that one video. <laughs> okay. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Fantastic. So, yeah, I remember I had to go through a whole other process because when I was doing my backups uh, for – because I was making the the ISO files um, for the different disks and everything. Um, when I was doing the rest, uh, not the restoration, but the preservation project that I had to go through like all these different steps in order to do so. Um, and because I couldn't do it all through make MKV. So, okay. I'm, I'm excited now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Roy, thank you for, for being here. And, uh, how much longer you got? Uh, I can stay on a bit longer. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. Uh, Rosetta, how are you doing on time? Uh, I'm probably gonna have to go lay down soon. So, <laughs> all right, Rosetta. Then let's let's go ahead and 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 talk about what you've been working on recently. And I'm gonna go uh, as you talk, search through the Discord to see if I can find some links to share. <laughs> well, the majority of things has been because of what's been happening medically, mentally, and all that with everything. It's been just making and selling off jewelry and drawings to help pay for funeral and other stuff. And then there's Sanity, but it's also my mom wrote me into stuff. Now, there's a little backstory to this to explain. In Lakota tradition, what you do for what would be considered a memorial after the funeral is that over a year later, everyone gets together and they do what's considered to be basically a giveaway, <laughs> which is you get together and you do gifts and things to the loved ones, the family members, and you do things in honor of the person and memory of what they were and stuff like that. So things that tie to the person's personality, their culture, their religion, their faith, then the star blankets, stuff like that, the tie to the culture, the tribe, stuff like that. So <laughs> my mom and my aunt have both wrote me into tribal and sacred jewelry for every person at both giveaways for my uncle and dad. So Wow. You've got, um, considering I've talked to you about the size of my family before, you can imagine mm -hmm. how much fun this has been working on trying to make really fancy, intricate tribal jewelry for probably needing a couple thousand pieces for everything between the two, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So that's been, wow. you know, between the projects I'm making and selling to help her and just working on that for next year has been most of my time the last couple months when I'm not mom around and helping her get stuff done yay busy 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 yeah seriously <laughs> and that's in addition to all the other stuff that you've been working on right with or have the other things kind of gone on hold my main projects are on a hiatus right now because i just can't work on them at mom's house i don't have all the resources for them that goes to the pinups because i don't have the kind of space it takes to lay out the desk to work on the and work on those and the Eagle Book, unfortunately, because I don't have that kind of computer system there with all of my stuff on it. Mm. And so it is what it is. It'll just have to be a few months I have to take off because I have to keep helping her for a while yet. But the other reason that I'm not in my mother's house right now is because the second, as you remember, is me and Steve's anniversary. And that's actually... When I first started to get to know you, I still remember you putting together the watch party for me so we could watch Princess Bride for our anniversary with the group. That's right. Oh, my god. Can goodness. you believe that was three years ago? I. It's just insane how much time <laughs> has just flown by. <laughs> but everything's uh, going well. What are y'all doing? Anything special? 
Um, well, this year is actually very, very odd because all the lilacs are dead early and all the lotus lilies are blooming late, which means I can actually do my stuff up the Mississippi River and actually breathe, <laughs> which like never happens in spring, summer. So I can never get those kinds of colors and images for yeah. my photos because I'm allergic to lilacs, I'm allergic to lotus lilies. And by the time one dies, the other's blooming. And <laughs> this year, for some reason, the storms and the weather and frost, it just right that I can actually do it. So <laughs> nice. That's at least some positive with me and my crazy photos, right? Oh, absolutely. And so when, um, so has that already happened or is that going to happen soon? We're going to be going up actually tomorrow on that. So. Nice. How long, and is it one where it's like you're going to be there for a little bit? Like, are you going to do some like camping or like, how does that work? Well, it's about a three to four hour drive up the Mississippi to different spots I like to do the photos. So as you can imagine, even with taking stops and hikes and stuff, you can do it in a day if you start early. It's about one hour away from us to get to the river. So yeah, we're probably going to do that as a day because he's still got to work. Monday is his only day really working this next week, and then he's taking the rest of it off. But we're, we're, we're going to try to hit up all the places we usually go that we can't. So go down and see how Spirit's doing. She's almost 37 now, that old girl. Um, oh, my goodness. And they still got her, and they thought they were going to lose her through the whole freaking... After the Dre show, she was so sick after all of that because of the storm hitting the, where they have the strapped resource center. They didn't think she was going to pull through that winter, and she did, and then another, and guess she's still stubbornly just ruling that center. And <laughs> But go down to the different zoos, try to go visit some of my friends in the community I haven't gotten to see lately and stuff, but Nice. It's just how much we can actually manage to make happen before we have to go back to mom, basically. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But. Well, it sounds like y'all have a plan together, though, and y'all be able to do several several different things. That's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, with everything that's been happening to both me and the family, I haven't exactly gotten to relax much lately. And when I have been out and about, even when I'm out doing photos, it's like, doing like physical therapy hikes where I'm trying to do specific muscle stuff and things like that. And oh, those are going to be going on for a long time, but mm-hmm. at least this is, you know, have a bit more fun, stuff like that. And, you know, I'm trying to find the positive and everything. So, okay. I don't have my car right now, but at least the rental that they're covering for us is comfortable and large and not cramped and horrible. So I can still enjoy these drives and stuff. You know, find the positives. Yeah, absolutely. And I've uh, posted a couple of links in the the chat. So for those that want to follow Rosetta, you can follow her on Twitter. Um, you can follow her right there at RoseMQueen1. And then also I found, I was a, I was able to find one link. Uh, it was the the PayPal link, still the same, Funky Mooch, I think is. Yes. Cool. My husband hooked it up, obviously. And yeah. his little spoof account of Hunky Junkie. I mean- yeah. <laughs> So uh, for anyone that wants to uh, help support uh, Rosetta, obviously going through a lot um, right now, but also continuing to do um, or planning. When do you think you might be able to do uh, to start working again on your the pinup project and then on the Eagle? Hopefully in a few months here, we'll be at a state where I can leave her for more than a couple weeks right now. It's just so much happened to her and yeah, she's been on her own since, you know, 
Well, she went from the bad husband to dad, so she hasn't really been on her own since in about 45 years. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she's kind of a little flustered trying to figure everything out and do it again. So we're trying to help her all we can. Yeah. So well, hey, kudos to y'all for, you know, doing so much. And I know, I know how much of a, um, how much of a burden has been on you and how difficult it's been. So I just want to once again, extend that our, you know, thoughts and our prayers are with you and with your family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I was let daddy's us, girl. He was a crazy yeah. guy. And you, you remember, talking on air here about him hiking up in the badlands using his walker to climb the peaks like rock climbing equipment Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was a crazy guy yeah it it feels weird it feels so weird being in his house and talking to some my family and not hearing the constant little smart ass comments coming from his chair honestly (laughs) it's just weird but it's also, I think, you know, and, and that's something where it's, it's difficult, you know, we, cause we all, we all handle things differently. We all grieve differently, but it's in those moments just like that. We, you had just mentioned, right. Where you just, you, you think about just those joyous memories. And even though he may be gone, like those memories are still there. And so in that way, right, he's always there. And, um, I remember when my, when I first met my wife, when my wife and I started dating, um, you know, before everything, we, uh, I, her, her grandfather had passed away. And so I was not actually able to um, ever meet him. But uh, one of the things that was really cool was one of the early time, like er- early on in our relationship, I was able to actually see what they, um, to, see, to see like how much he meant to them. And it was through them finding this random CD and it was, he had recorded a lot of, he had limericks and he would, you know, play the the ukulele and sing. So like all of a sudden they're playing it. And so they're like laughing because they're, they're like very like, like inappropriate. Uh, Like, especially for like, their more like, you know, religious, you know, family, but like they were just on that line of inappropriate where they weren't like too far off, but they were like just enough to where it's like, Oh yeah, grandfather. I see. I could see making, those kinds of things. So yeah, it's like, like that's what, I don't know. Like, you know what you're, you just made me think of yeah, that, what you got? actually. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, there's a few things, but one of them was, okay. My dad's family was very religious and very mm. kind of, okay. My mom had a, for a long time, her sister was a bit of the feminist hippie girl for a bit. And she's not anymore. Thank God. But she was back then. And mom remembers trying to get all the family together, trying to get them all to, along and stuff when they were planning the wedding and dad thinking he was going to break the ice with these religious people and this feminist by making cracks about religion and calling her a dumb broad. <laughs> I bet that went over very well. <laughs> and mom says she just remembers her sister's angry face at him, that him leaning over laughing like, Oh, that's okay. What do you say? Kill me later woman. I mean, <laughs> because that was him. He had to make everyone laugh no matter what the situation was. And it was the same with grandpa and, you know, between the two of them, the legacy of them, grandpa sitting there with his little, you know, those glasses they make for elderly drivers. So with their head falls, it sets off an alarm. Oh, no, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, they do this for elderly drivers so they won't fall asleep behind the mm. wheel. Well, grandpa got one, but he didn't get it for driving. Oh, Lord. There was a diner he liked to hang out at. Oh, no. And he waited till they were busy one day and he put these up on his head so that they were just up here so they weren't. They're kind of set up right here. And he'd wait and he'd wait. And when everybody got really busy and they weren't paying attention, he'd sit there and just drop his head far enough that it would set off the alarm. 
<laughs> and make everybody jump out of his skin. And my mom sat here watching him do this for a while. And about the third time he did it, you heard from back in the kitchen, Fred, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some then, other words were actually said, but <laughs> no, actually that was about it. They don't, they're not uh, usually too bad in that. It's a small little town. They're not usually too bad there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa was the one who, he was very crazy. Grandma was very, refined and religious and she didn't like all his crazy redneck stuff so one day he said he was gonna have fun with her by taking this whole collection of a whole bunch of the sensory base singing fish and stashing them in corners of every part of the rooms in the house so every time she tried to go between the rooms one was going off that she couldn't find or see to shut it off oh my goodness <laughs> i thought she was gonna kill him that day <laughs> <laughs> But again, so every it's, time it's she those... turned around, moving stuff, it was as it went yeah. to go off, and she—you could see her jump and then, wait, where, where, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's those things, though, right? It's those—it's those fun memories. Like those are the yeah. things that, and that's why it's always—it's always interesting, you know, because I've been to my own, you know, fair share of 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 funerals, and it's—it's it's always the most interesting dynamic because there's obviously the very sad, somber, but then there's also there's, there's like the laughing because like you're just remembering all the things and, and you know, all, all these people, you know, family are being brought together. And so you're able just to come together and share those those experiences and those stories. And some of them you're like, I've never even heard this before. And it's just it's amazing, you know, how in the darkest <laughs> of times there's these lights, you know, I remember when I actually had a priest freaked out at me one time and this was not intentional. Um, it, this is how we are in this family. This right when I first started doing my photography with my dad's cousin and he was closer to grandpa in age and it was basically grandpa's friend and we're at the get together after the funeral and we're trying to cheer I'm trying to cheer grandpa up and we've been out taking photos that morning of the baby bison and I brought the camera over and I opened up this image on the viewer screen of it that showed this little baby bison staggering trying to learn to walk and went hey grandpa look I found something that walks as well as you do <laughs> next is priest in the middle of the meal for the funeral and this guy is looking at me like grandpa's like no 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 no. you don't understand i have spent the last and starts explaining why this was good i learned from him because you could see he was absolutely shocked and offended that i said this to him at this spot it was absolutely oh, amazing. absolutely offended face and grandpa was just laughing but it was just... <laughs> so if you think it's just oh, uits man. i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> you 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 tease everybody and th again that's one of those things that is it's always in, like for for it's always in good fun you know and and that's why you know whether it's whether it's you know you and i with the 80s jokes or you know friday night tights when there's so many other jokes that they make at my own expense right it's all in good fun you know and you, you uh, mean like when i grabbed that oh did you actually see that one i grabbed this image off of uh, Facebook where they're doing this photo shoot of these girls in these very, very tacky, tasteless, very uh, ethotish redneck shorts with words oh, on no. them. The guys took the image of you done up as the... <laughs> oh, Templar Odin? Yeah. And, and talk about the, a whole little thing about how these ethots are not right and stuff with it and stuff. And the, I was getting shared around by Gary for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been... Yeah, so... Yeah, it's interesting. Ninety-five percent of the Templar Odin ones, I, I, I actually really like and appreciate. And there's only a couple where I'm like, Ugh, 
Let me I don't see know if I can find that. this one to show you it. Now that my yeah. phone just finished running what it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those things I just like sat there like, oh my gosh, they did. Yeah. Poor Odin. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. said poor it's Odin fun, while though. I laughed my, you know, butt off. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Matt. By the way, I just saw that image. Yeah, that is actually what the Vice Center like. In fact, that Aww. looks that looks like Wildlife Loop in the Black Hills, where I took most mm-hmm. of the pictures. Oh. Um, by the way, bison. What a little bison shaking uh-huh. a little head. <laughs> Here, these are four of the recent ones. While I look for that, that image of Odin. No. <laughs> oh. And while you're looking for those, uh, Mr. Roy had to head out. Uh, I know that he has work in the evening, so shout out to Mr. Roy. Thanks for for being here today. Aw. Yeah. Oh, by the way, sorry sorry about my mic earlier. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Fill around with it. So so I had to mute mute me. Well, I didn't know because I know some people have like a mute on their on their end oh, and yes, so i, I should have done that myself no I no apologize. that's why that's why i just wasn't sure if like you thought that you had done it and so like you thought you had done it and then you like maybe didn't so that's why i clicked on it just to be like like right, just then. yeah all right that i will i'll look i'll uh don't make noise again how yes, dare Batman. <laughs> all right well while rosetta's looking for that let's see uh victor fontaine had said that's where i get that too columbia classics volume two so yeah there's a lot of love being shown there tennessee tism says birdemic is clearly the superior bird movie talking about the birds uh, <laughs> uh see victor fontaine also had said that the godfather collection edition is gigantic Goes on top of the shelving unit since it doesn't fit in it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. Nice name. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I have. Let me go grab the 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 giant set that I have. One second. Nice name choice, Mister Fontaine. Little DS nine right there. By the way, I hope everyone appreciates the fact that I have a background now. So yeah, you're welcome. That. Yeah, took took a lot of work. Had to take things down and move things over, but in the end, I I think it's working out for the best. Mm-hmm. But no, this is the largest set that I have, and so this is the one you said that you had this too. Uh, no, not that one. I was okay. Star Star Trek 50th anniversary. Oh, okay, yeah, because that one also. Series. Yeah, that one went on sale too. But this is one I picked up. This is the one that I actually was able to get for like $75. So I got this for Christmas a couple of years ago. And um, and the reason why I was like, I was like, you know, my mom always says, you know, what do you want for Christmas this year? And I'm usually like, oh, not really anything. But then I saw this on sale. I'm like, mom, 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 get this. Because you're getting 50 movies for $75 is an insane deal. But this is what I think every single studio should do. Because... It is, you know, one, it's actually, it is actually a limited edition, but then it comes with these two different, they also, it all came with uh, digital codes too. So like there's a digital code for every single one of these, but it's like, it comes in two volumes like this. And I know we were having conversation about how a lot, you know, of collectors, especially like hate when they're in these sleeves. And I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Blu-rays are actually a lot more uh, rugged than DVDs. They're a lot harder to scratch. 
Um, so they're actually a lot safer in these sleeves. If you ever get a DVD set like this, run away because DVDs get scratched so easily and mm-hmm. it's just, they're a nightmare. But Blu-rays are actually, especially the, the dual layered ones are actually pretty, uh, you know, pretty scratch proof for the most part. Uh, 4Ks are even more uh, versatile. But anyway, it's just, again, you walk, you go through this set and it's got beautiful artwork and literally it's like you're going through Warner Brothers' entire history. You know, it starts off with Grand Hotel in 1932, and then it's like every few years, it just puts like the, the biggest film of that year. So Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, Maltese Falcon, Mrs. Miniver, Casablanca, Treasure Sea Armada. So like so many classic films. And if every studio made a set like this, I don't know. I, I just, one, I'd be out of money. But two, I just think it would be a great way, especially for collectors to be, you know, happy because it's like, yeah, yeah. we literally get the best of the studio and there's so many studios that have so many great films and mm-hmm. yeah so looking at you sony in your columbia six movie it's like they put out 50 i don't know of any other studio that's done something similar to this like there's a searchlight 25 movie set that i have but most have not ever done anything even close to this 50 movie set but mm. anyway did you find uh, any of those rosetta uh, for some reason i can't find it now it's annoying me oh i'm sure it'll I did share some point. share some baby bison with you though in the group. Okay. Oh, your baby bison. Oh, you're your baby. Mm-hmm. Your baby. Let me see if I can pull that up on. Since it's on the actual screen, there we go. Ooh. Do the baby. Move. Your baby bison. That one is newborn. He was having trouble walking. That one was running, but they're all yeah. right in that newborn first day. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that gift. Yeah. And, and then that's what, what was should. posted that started Which it that, all. Yeah. I guarantee you, that's wildlife loop. I've yeah. spent so much time on that loop. Look at that. You can tell line. that's the same place, can't you? Mm-hmm. It looks very similar. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, Plus, there's geez. only a few prairies where they actually have bison in the country, so. Hmm. Oh, they're adorable. These are great photos. <laughs> so thank you for capturing those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, anything else that you wanted to say or shout out? I think Rosetta? the biggest thing is that I try to always focus on doing something for other people and stuff. So anyone who wants to help chip in for my mom for dealing with stuff, let me know. I'll sell you something from the art, from the jewelry or stuff so you get something back. I don't like just taking without giving back, but I'm more than willing to work with people and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing to help her. And so far, I've managed to raise a few. It's nowhere mm-hmm. near enough so far. Yeah. So it's been a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I've posted a link to the uh, PayPal where you can support Rosetta directly. And, and as she said, reach out to her. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter as well. And you can reach out to her that way. And she would be more than willing to uh, create, you know, you're, probably, you're still doing, you know, where you, you know, create an art piece, things like that, um, yep. you know, works on that with. Couldn't even do, because what I've been selling a lot of right now for helping with it is the jewelry stuff for people. Nice. I do a lot of angels, by the way. Nice. <laughs> a lot of angels. <laughs> Aww. So if you want to help support her, there's the link in the uh, chat that you can uh, 
do that with. I'm going to post this over on Odyssey as well for anyone who maybe wants to support over there. And uh, Rosetti said that you needed to go lay down. Hmm. Yeah, I've been up a while and I'm still kind of recovering, so I'm supposed to rest my leg more. <laughs> okay. Well, Longer thank rest. you so much for joining us today, Rosetta. I know it's been a long, long time. And again, I know you've been through a lot. But again, I just want to say you're doing great. And you since you this. haven't heard in a while, and I still can't read or pronounce it myself, but that's why you're here. And so remember, my... it means I bid you good day. May the greats bless you. Yes. Bye. And also to help me with 80s movies. Mm. <laughs> oh, she left before she could respond. But oh. uh, anyway, shout out to Rosetta. Uh, again, always keeping me honest with my 80s film, my lack, of, my lack of 80s films knowledge. But anyway, please check out that link and support Rosetta over there. Also, she has a YouTube channel as well. And I'm sure she'll she'll probably post in the in the Oops. chat too. Yeah, K-Man's been in and out all day just because of his internet. Um, so thank you, Rosetta, for that. But Matt, what's going on, brother? Uh, let's see. Various things. Just okay. been uh, busy with busy with work and just uh, playing games. Okay. Uh, watch it, film and TV on the side. Okay. Whatever I, whatever I can. Uh, yeah. Lots to mention. Okay, what you got? Uh, so I guess uh, the big topic is Top Gun. Saw that last yeah. night. Yeah. So what did you think of Top Gun? Oh, I liked it a lot. Good. That's the correct answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole th- theater loved it, too. Yeah, did you also... In, in my theater as well. Oh, so you, had, you did have applause in your theater, too. Yep, me too. Nice. Though, uh, a few nitpicks I probably could uh, add that... I, I could add it like uh kind of wish the soundtrack had a little more synth oh yeah 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 like, i can uh, i can see that like uh i like the uh synth from the original movie yeah and just uh also just from watching a lot of like i mentioned that I like i mentioned synth wave like it's mm. electronic music that's kind of based on like 80s style analog synths mm-hmm that essentially become like a like a subgenre of of like electronic music mm-hmm. that they've made like compilation videos of of like uh, classic eighties films set to set to it, and some of it included Top Gun, and that was while the soundtrack was still good. I kind of wished it kind of had some more like analog synth and guitar. But yeah, still, still nice. Though I yeah. kind of, I do did kind of feel that the uh, while the uh, beach football scene was <laughs> an honorable attempt, that uh, still didn't quite match up to playing with the boys. Yeah, but I thought for what it was, it was okay. You know. Yes. It was uh, yeah, playing yeah. with the boys. No, no, I think I think I think that's a good point about the soundtrack not being nearly as strong yeah. as the original for sure. Uh, and one up. one big part of that was you do hear it's not really much of a spoiler because this is expected. You hear Danger Zone, but you only hear it once, yes. and that made me sad. And uh, well, yeah, just in style, like uh, one of the special features uh, in the Top Gun 4K. 
pointed out that like how the soundtrack was big at the time and still is like I even while working I listened to the soundtrack both versions like the original score and then the licensed songs Hmm. and yeah they still hold up really very well yeah but uh, didn't quite I don't find myself listening to this sound soundtrack either licensed or or uh, original unfortunately because yeah. it, it, it keeps yeah. elements of the original theme in for sure but mm-hmm. it, it, it just yeah there's nothing really memorable or iconic about it yeah it would definitely be one of the weaker points of of the film for sure right and uh, i know it kind of sounds like that's nit nitpicks but i'll just kind mm-hmm. of everything else i loved i'll just kind of bring up stuff that I don't think I've heard anyone else kind of brought, bring up. Yeah. That and also... Uh, don't know if I should go into spoiler territory regarding the climax. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little... Even if to throw the spoilers up, uh, I, it's since it's opening weekend, I do try to avoid sure. uh, talking spoilers, at least this early on. All I will say is that uh, it did kind of uh, veer into ace combat territory, which... I don't know if you're a fan of or know about the Ace Combat like video game franchise. No, no, I don't. Oh, it's like a uh, semi-realistic, but also fantastical kind of uh, like alternate history kind of uh, like a fighter combat series hmm. involving like a old jet, like a playing with a number of jets as well as some kind of fictionalized jets for that game's universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's in the trailers, but they don't really specify who the country, like aggressor country of origin is. They just yeah, have, like, you're right. Generic. Uh, it uh, almost like, sounded uh, like, maybe you, you might remember this better than I do, but it sounded almost like they said it was on American soil. Really? I'd have to check that out again. It's probably, again, I'm probably mistaken there because when you actually see them go through the mission, you're like, okay, so clearly this is, you know, the, the, since they're having to leave from the ship. But I don't know, for some reason, when they are explaining their plan, you're right. It didn't really come up, not just without mentioning like an actual country, or at least I didn't catch it. But then also, I don't even remember catching exactly what even region it was talking about. It sounded almost like they were saying it was, you know, near American soil or on it even. Right. I brought up Ace Combat because, like, it's a a fictionalized Earth that involves, like, fictional countries. Like, uh, it almost reminded me of one of the aggressor countries in in one of the games, like uh, the Kingdom of Arusia or... Mm -hmm. Estovakia or Yuktabania <laughs> or uh, Belka. Like it had the same kind of emblem, almost like a fictitious country. And also, uh, I know one country still uses F 14s, and that's because they were stolen. Just saying would, that. Would that be China? No. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I mean, they were given by us originally, but then a, a certain revolution happened. And so they took those. Mother Russia? No. Hmm. Uh, Iran. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, a, so... 
was that a part of the uh, was that a part of the billion dollar deal or whatever that we gave them? No, it was originally like they were given like tech from given to like the originally the Shaw mm. of Iran at the time, but then after the revolution, they took all they essentially used all the uh, tech that yeah we lent to to them yeah. And uh, they're the only country that still flies F-14 Tomcats. So yeah. that's the only, like, it's a mismatch of, like, elements, like, real yeah. elements that kind of, it's trying to picture, like, I know, the, like, in the original movie, do they even say that the aggressor was the, were the Soviets? Or, oh, my goodness. I forget whether, or not, I, I haven't seen the original in a while. Um I feel like they would have though, because you know, coming out at the time that it did, they were always pretty clear about right. who it was, or just a fi- fictitious, yeah, like a East Europe proxy, or yeah. something. But yeah, just elements like that. That kind of, that kind of. Uh, I mean, I like. I I don't mind it, but it, I imagine some people would probably pick up on it that kind of stretch credulity a little mm-hmm. especially uh well no no that's pop that's a uh, spoiler talk okay yeah one thing i did love though and uh again i wasn't trying not so i make it sound like i'm hard on the movie but i loved it a lot yeah i just uh, was kind of bringing up stuff that no one that were kind of going through my head that i kind of knew mm-hmm. because i study I'm familiar with like a, like a military hardware, mm, okay. Similar kind of like franchises that were actually inspired by Top Gun to an extent, okay. Na- namely Ace Combat, mm-hmm. and so while watching this, almost felt like a uh, backdoor Ace Combat movie almost. Oh, do you, do you think that they actually maybe took some direct inspiration, or do you think it was more coincidence? Maybe I know okay. uh, Ace Combat Seven. Like uh, the plot involved, the plot Ace Combat Seven involved the use of drones. Hmm. Like that was the most recent one. Like, okay. Three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know originally, like early in the movie, like the. Uh, I guess like the Admiral mentioned that, oh, drones are the future. Mm-hmm. Thought that would play more into it, but now that didn't really go anywhere either. But, yeah. Uh, I think that was the one issue that, because uh, Orange Hat Reviews was in here earlier, and I was only able to catch a little bit of, of his live review of of the movie, but I remember he brought up something similar uh, because he, he brought up that specific character who was played by Ed Harris Mm -hmm. and the character played by Ed Harris, he shows up and you think he's going to be a bigger character throughout the film, but then he just disappears. Um, And like, I remember hearing that and and I was thinking to myself, yeah, I could see why one could definitely look at that as being maybe like a plot weakness. But for me, I look at him more as he was just meant to be a supporting character who was meant to be there to shut down the program and basically just be a, a carry or I guess just be a, like a transfer character to lead him to the Top Gun Academy. Like, you know, I I think that that's another story that they could have told and they could have gone further with, but because of what happens to his character 
and what happens in in the midst of the entire story it's not as necessary for him to have that story completed if that makes any sense mm-hmm. oh yeah then uh of course one thing i really loved that you probably heard probably like you know how originally uh as early as 2019 mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a stink regarding how they changed maverick's jacket yeah and someone at some point i think they may have been in the odyssey chat they someone in our community claimed to have at one point worked in the like one of the departments that handled it and confirmed that they they did digitally remove it um from the jacket but yeah what do you what so what do you have to say boy oh boy was i did i clap when that when i saw that wasn't the case yeah i it was a little too quick for me but so it is is the taiwan flag actually still on there yes okay japanese okay that was uh i know it seemed like a minor thing but i know early on a lot of people not yeah Yeah. that seemed like a very sour note to start off on yeah well i know a lot of people said they did not want to see it because of the trailer because they noticed that that was the case and they're like oh they're just trying to placate to china um and obviously and like that to me i understand a bit more right is you know the removing of a patch is one thing but when it's being done to try and placate to a giant communist country then i could totally understand why that would cause some frustration but yeah so i because i was looking at it too but I, it was again. It was such a small moment. It didn't last long enough for me to see all of the different flags on there. Right. So yeah, actually, so. It, was, it also had plot significance because that jacket belonged to his father, mm. and uh, those flags were indicators of like his previous campaigns. Okay. Okay. So it it just see at the time it seemed like a big like sellout mm-hmm. for a. And go goes against it for like plot reasons too. Okay, but I was just happy, glad that wasn't that was not the case. And yeah, apparent. And uh, it was a small. It seemed very small, but I like that. Yeah, and, uh, well, a lot of people were upset by that. Great. Yeah. Well, no, because I'm I'm glad that you mentioned it though because it was something that was a big issue for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people were very upset that that was going to be the case. So I think mm-hmm. that for anyone who maybe was like, nope, never going to see it, maybe now they'll maybe consider it because I'm, I'm pulling up their IMDb page again and I can mm-hmm. confirm that though there is, it, it, though it got released in Hong Kong, there is no mainland China date. Oh yeah, I heard point. that. There's not even a, a, a China name. Uh, I know but there is a Taiwan which, name. Hmm. Yeah, I know it was originally funded by Tencent, but I guess apparently that's not the case anymore. I mean, it could have been. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but I'm just again, this is just what IMDb is is saying. So this is their release schedule, um, and also mm-hmm. their alternate names for the film. And notice how that in the works. seas there there is no China, but there is a Taiwan. So, again, take that for what you want. Um, I did not see Taiwan listed 
in their release schedule because I don't I don't really know exactly how that works. Like if it would just be listed as Taiwan or if it would just be listed as a part of something else. But as you can see, you know, China is not a part of the release schedule. Now, they could have a delayed release there that that could still very well happen. But yeah, I think it, it is still uh, interesting nonetheless to, to see how this is all playing out. But yeah, it is a great film. Yeah, it is. I'll, go, I'll definitely plan on going to see it again in IMAX with my father. Oh, yeah. Did he like he the original film? To go see it. He's a big fan. Okay, good. And uh, it's also a great movie for Memorial Day weekend. Oh, absolutely. Like, one of the things I noticed when I was in the theater waiting was that, or after the film, a lot of people hung hung behind, and I could tell it wasn't because they were expecting a post credit scene. I think a lot of it was because, and I've seen this happen before with other films that featured military, it's because at the very end, they thank specific military outfits. They, they thank certain divisions, uh, certain uh, deployments as well who were involved. And I would not be surprised if this film does incredibly well simply because of the fact that there is such a strong connection since you had actual jets, actual military jets being flown by actual military personnel because the actors are not going to ever get clearance. To, like, even though Tom Cruise, I'm sure, could probably like actually like physically fly it he'll he'll never actually be allowed to yeah. of the different uh military uh aspects of it but it's interesting you know also i'm sure uh i'm sure uh russia wouldn't be able to lend those sukhoi 57s mm. you know the aggressor fifth generation aircraft they mentioned oh the okay so okay yeah well, also, uh, since you had mentioned it, I figured I would um, I would pull it up, too. So IMDb production company. So, you know, distri- distribution is different than production. So as far as who actually made the film, Paramount, Skydance, Jerry Bruck- uh, Bruckheimer, and then Don Simpson slash Jerry Bruckheimer. Those were the only production companies, um, mm-hmm. according to this. Mm-hmm. So it does not look like China was involved, um, oh. at least with that process trying to see if other companies but doesn't doesn't look like it interscope all right yeah and again the only other place that i could think of would be if they had a distributor but again because there's no actual date for it it does not look to have a Chinese distributor. It has, there's a Russian distributor, um, though I'm mm-hmm. sure it's not getting released there because of the war. But mm-hmm. yeah, and also it'll be on Paramount Plus this year. So for those that didn't get to actually see it, hey, you might actually still have a chance. Oh yeah, though probably not Paramount Plus. I yeah. I unsubscribe from Paramount Plus as soon as I finished with DS9. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just not like service. Yeah, and it's just yeah, there's just too many services now, and that's not one that I would say is worth keeping. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, y'all mentioned Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. I've actually been, and since you had that tab up, I've actually been watching the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay, the, the one from it. Okay, like uh, I know people say. Like recommend the uh, the reboot mm-hmm. because it's I guess I guess it's better now. Like it's a uh, better realized, but Barbie wanted to watch the original first as, to get a better like idea 
idea of it, mm-hmm. and so far I've been loving it. Okay. Like, uh, are you familiar with it? No. So it's something I've always I've been recommended. It's been recommended to me so many times, but no, I've I've actually never watched it. But I'm I'm that same way. I look at it. And I'm like, okay, it looks like there's two or three different releases of it. Um, you know, I like going to the original if I can to try and get some context to to understand maybe if they make references or anything to that uh, yes. to that nature. But everyone says that the 2003 reboot is fantastic, and that's the one to watch. Oh yeah, but he, but this show is still st- still pretty good too. Like, uh, it kind of follows the same vein as like aesthetically. Mm-hmm. From like uh, like Star Wars, okay. Like that's that's late seventies like ship designs. Though it's more say seventies inspired than even Star Wars was, Hmm. which some might call it see as dated, but for me that just makes it awesome. Okay, (laughs) so so you would say that it has some similarities in tone to the to the original Star Trek. Oh yeah, kind of. Actually, uh, Voyager specifically. Okay, because it's a uh, story about. Like a ship, in this case, a fleet of ships making the their way back to, like the uh, legendary home planet of Earth. Okay. Against a uh, like a race of robots that uh, wanted to wipe out humanity because they feared the feared them, which ironically kind of reminded me of reminds me of Halo, hmm. as in the actual story to Halo. Yeah. Because the Covenant worshipped these old aliens, saw them as gods, but the higher-ups saw that the humanity was were the real inheritors of those uh, aliens' vision. And so they essentially lied and said that they were like abominations and heretics and needed mm-hmm. to be destroyed in order to realize their god's mission. And so that's the whole whole point of the conflict in halo and that's kind of i could see where it took inspiration okay and uh also the s- designs of like the cylons and the ships especially the cylon like hearing the cylons talk like with like the eye beam it's like i've always seen pictures of that but wa- watching it on screen with like a like the shiny armor and reflect mm-hmm. reflections it's like oh that's just so cool yeah and uh so did you watch the actual uh, original series because i was actually looking at this and i was like oh interesting that they actually adapted the series into a film uh don't know i'm, I'm still kind of like one thing at a time yeah i'm still kind of a newcomer to this kind of stuff as well it says but, here the first and fifth episodes of the series were edited into this theatrical feature film interesting oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, yeah, Sounds so like I should probably watch the series rather than the movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I like I like how uh, Sage of Rokaseka, what's going on, brother? He's a he's a member. He says vibes similar to Voyager. That's not exactly selling me on it. So he doesn't no, he doesn't sound like he's a Voyager well, fan. Boy, well, no, not same vibe as Voyager. Like, uh, it's done better. Well, it came first, but done better essentially. No, he's saying it's not selling him on it. Like he wouldn't. Like he, it sounds like he hasn't watched the original 
Uh, so he says if it's similar to a vibe similar to Voyager, that's not selling him on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And again, everyone has their, I think, their Trek, right? Where it's like their favorite and um, just doesn't sound like Voyager's for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still was going to watch it too, but I'm kind of taking a break from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I need to finally actually dive into DS9. I might actually do that today because... Uh, the wife and and baby Thor, they're actually on the road down to see her her parents. So um, that's why I can go a little bit longer past three today. And so I have a little bit more free time because I, you know, sim- similar to other chosen days, there won't be any stream tonight because you know plenty of streaming already. Uh, but I think that I might use that time to maybe do a little DS9 watching. All right, and uh, I'll see. I'll show that a little bit, but. Oh, oh, is that what you're working working on? Yes. Nice. Yeah, let me uh, let me take this screen away and let's blow you up. There you go. There we go. Just applied the primer. Nice. Original Enterprise 50th anniversary AMT model. Nice. Just uh, first time building these kind of model sets. Ever since I was a little boy. Okay. Didn't pick up on it, but now I've had to learn and glue and messy by blurting. And now <laughs> I just got apply the individual colors. Okay. How long did that take? Like the actual building and then putting the primer on? Uh, like uh, snipping out all the individual plastic pieces, filing the, filing the hard edges, mm-hmm. and then gluing using plastic cement. Which uh, is a little harder than it than you would think because some parts didn't exactly match. Mm-hmm. So there's a like this bottom part was kind of wider than this top part, so it couldn't quite had to force it to fit together. Mm, so okay, the nacelles, even the starboard nacelle came in kind of crooked. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. So. But even still, I'm happy with how with the progress so far. Yeah, and uh, just gotta apply the individual colors, add the decals, and then add the little plastic domes, plastic dome pieces for the tops and bottoms. Nice. And sure, it'll t- turn out very well, and it's yeah. good practice for future ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you mentioned you never having gotten. I never, I never got into it either. I, I just. I I remember seeing commercials for for it all the time. Like the commercials I grew up with were more specific to Gundams. So because I would watch Cartoon Network all the time, and so yeah, so <laughs> there would always be commercials for the the you know the Gundam sets, and there'd be people you know you know painting them, putting them together. But for me, I would always look at it and just be like, oh, that would just be you know for someone with ADD whose hands aren't very steady. I was like, oh, there's just no way I could ever have the time or patience for it, but. Oh, yeah, just put something on in the background. Yeah. And again, I think that kind of goes back to, uh, I don't know, were you listening when uh, Father Luca was on? Uh, no, unfortunately. Okay. He was talking a little bit. One of the book recommendations he had, the first recommendation he had was um, from a philosopher whose last name is, uh, I think his full name is Joseph Pieper, uh, but about leisure. And I think that that would probably fit into that category of leisure. Because you're able to, 
spend that time you're doing action but you're also able to use your mind for other things too so yes actually I did awesome. I did catch that part actually yeah so I was just thinking about that I was like oh that actually sounds like it'd be a it would be a good leisure activity that would actually probably fit what uh what people had in mind um oh, yeah. but Bifford a Hobbit has this to say Battlestar Galacta is an S tier TV show nice now do you mean Biffer, do you mean the original or the new one or both? That's the big question. And then Sage confirms what he means. He says, it's hard to, it's not hard to be better than Voyager. Ooh, I will have to give uh, Vassar Galactica a shot sometime. So he was oh, yeah. not a fan of Voyager. Oh man, Sage is just being yeah. savage. <laughs> I get the feeling that Voyager, from what I've gathered, essentially the leftovers of ideas that weren't good enough to make it into TNG and DS9, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was still fine, but not high on the priority. Yeah. And well, there um, you go. Sage confirms that as well. That is leisure. Hobbies not sitting around culture. It's all about art. Absolutely. Yes. Amen, brother. Well, that's on top of like the movies and games. Yeah. I play on the side, which, uh, Oh, speaking of Gundam, I've been watching the original, the original Mobile Suit Gundam. As okay. Well. From uh, what you said, the film or series? Series from 1979. Okay. Yeah, ne- again, I never got into... Because uh, when I watched Toonami on uh, Cartoon Network when I was a kid, I would always watch Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but whenever the Gundams came on, I don't know. It just it's just, it was so beyond me. I just never was able to, to really get into it. I don't know. Oh, why. yeah. Well, especially the original Gundam that didn't get a full airing on Toonami back in the day. Oh, and so the one that you've been watching didn't get released then. Right. Like, uh, I mean, it's been, it was mostly the other Gundam series, but the original, like they also released the movies as well, but mm-hmm. like the original Mobile Suit Gundam, like back in the day in Toonami, I guess didn't air didn't have a good viewing figure, so they kind of cut it out before reaching mm. the finale. Okay. Which uh, I imagine they kind of cut out a lot of the uh, love, like the violets. Any- anyway, so yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've, I've been loving it. Like, uh, I guess uh, another like anime staple that uh, trying to catch up on, and also to give a reason why. I was building building these models. Yeah, absolutely. It's called Mobile Suit Gundam? Yes. Okay. Just going to try and... The Universal Century. Oh, you bring it up? Yeah, I'm going to try and bring it up. The Earth Federation versus the Principality of Zeon and their battle for independence with a war that, la- with, that cut, essentially wipes out half of humanity... And now uh, a ragtag uh, group of survivors carry around like a experimental mobile suits, which are hmm. like the giant robots, yeah, to fight the Zeons. But they're being tra- trailed by a Zeon unit with a uh, with like a hot, like a ace, Shar hmm. Onstabal, aka the Red Comet, which uh, I'd probably pull up some. Vi- some uh, images 
Now I'm just looking at the so 43 episodes. Yes. One season. Oh. Ru- nice. And so and this is the original that inspired all the other ones. Yes. Okay. Which uh, I ra- I looked into it. Apparently, it was also inspired by Starship Troopers. That really that yeah. book has inspired countless sci-fi. Yeah. And uh, the first Gundam anime ever. Ever. They gave it a nine out of ten. Nice. Yeah, of course. Like it's become, like essentially, uh, just as big of a staple in Japan as Star Wars is, or, mm. or at least was here. Yeah. And uh, that's the original. Let's see the cast, like just the uh, the main mobile suit RX seventy eight two, okay, which is this one right here. Nice. Pretty much like the icon for the whole show. For the show and almost Gundam in general. Nice. So how that one? How long did that one take to make? Uh, like a few hours. Okay. Just a just a matter of like cutting out the pieces. Luckily, with these kits, you don't have to put on glue. You have to use glue. Oh, okay. So the smaller ones, it's more of like like kind of like a connect. Yes. Actually, all of them pretty much are. Okay. Only this one, this particular, it's called uh, the HG scale. Okay. It's kind of like the uh, beginner grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, higher grades are a little more expensive, but have a lot more detail and are a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I'm hoping to get into get into higher grades as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, from 1979. Still holds nice. up very well. Oh, that burger Bumble looks great. <laughs> Don't know. That's not from the show. <laughs> I always love when IMDb has random photos yeah. that are... Char. <laughs> uh, oh, just fan art. Spaghetti. I'm guessing that's what they're doing. What? No, no. Oh, no. What in the world? Why in oh, the world is that? No. Oh, uh, oh, no. We're getting up. This is IMDb. Territory. This should be safe. I know. What in the world? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure the other one was just a clip for just a still. What from kind the show, of show are you watching? <laughs> uh, a one with lots of dying, but not, nothing <laughs> creepy like that. None of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's also. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the other one was just a still, just kind of made. In, in oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely. Context, <laughs> out of context. That's why I always say context is so important. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's also a show about, well, again, like war. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of the key themes involving Gundam is involves like war, essentially war on uh, like two two factions that aren't necessarily, are kind of good, but also not like there's shades of gray on both. Yeah. Like the uh, Earth Federation, or like the essentially like the faction for the main characters, but whereas the Zeons are like the ones fight, wanting to fight for independence, but are portrayed as the villains. But you get to see their perspective as well, mm-hmm. and they're not 
like evil bad guys as well. Yeah. But it just uh, it just kind of shows a uh, kind of cool action, but also it's a very uh, hard hitting commentary on war hmm. on both sides. Nice. And just uh, and of course it takes place in a fu- future with like space colonies. Yeah. And Earth and a war that wipes out half of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in the uh, intro to the to the show, they show like the Zeons essentially take over like a colony and drop it on Australia. Oh dang! And just uh, just to give you a sense of uh, the kind of sc- the scale, the carnage, mm-hmm. and even the first few episodes, there's like a like it's not graphic, but you see a lot of death mm-hmm. of like especially innocent death that gets caught caught in the crossfire mm. and uh, essentially ordinary people that have have to uh, essentially become like soldiers mm-hmm. in order to survive the situation but yeah great series nice very cool and that's pretty much all i can ha- highlight nice i mean there's a lot more i could say but yeah just wanted to highlight those specifically okay oh and also uh yeah what you got started to get into vinyl collecting vinyl collecting okay yeah don't have a vinyl player yet but just kind of collecting until i do okay so what you've been picking I, uh, up from a local store good the bad the ugly soundtrack nice beautiful cover oh yeah also uh i didn't catch it earlier but it's all in italian oh nice 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 yeah so yeah look love the love the good the bad the ugly tri- name and just uh thought i'd have a piece piece of it for as a keepsake yeah i also picked up a vinyl of the fistful of dollars soundtrack as well back okay. when it released first released but fortunately didn't have the whole soundtrack on it but hmm. even still what's on there is still great and just uh looking for a few dollars more that final next but yeah so you're looking mostly for uh film vinyls yes or cds or any kind of physical I try to collect physical music as well. Yeah, absolutely. Possible. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, another thing I don't know if you like, uh, you probably heard their name brought up a lot, especially regarding (sighs) Crusader Odin. Mm. Are Are you a fan of Sabaton? I actually have not heard of Sabaton. Oh, they're like a Swedish heavy metal band. Their songs are essentially about historical battles. Huh. And uh, like the, one of their best songs, like most noteworthy songs, is that The Last Stand, which is about the like the uh, last stand of the Swiss Guard in 1527. Oh, interesting. No, yeah, because I... In the home of Christianity, the seat of power is in danger. <laughs> you know that song? I don't know that song actually. 
Oh yeah, Sabaton, they're an awesome band. Okay. Really worth checking out since a lot of, a lot of their songs involving World War Two, World War One, various different conflicts. All sung like a very epic style. Yeah. I uh, picked I had pre ordered this uh, this final of their latest out of their latest release. The War nice. to End All Wars. That's pretty epic. Yes. It's a war it's like a sequel to their Great War album yeah. from a few years ago based on World War One. Nice. Like you could see Oh, See, like awesome. some of the uh, soundtrack song titles, Sarajevo, yeah. Dreadnought, Soldier of Heaven, Christmas Truce, which is my favorite off their album, which you probably know is about the uh, Christmas Truce involving the uh, the Germans, the Scots, yeah. and the French. Definitely That's the best awesome. song off the album. I can send you links later. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see him on... Uh, I'm also planning on seeing them in Houston nice. on October 1st with some friends. That's so yeah, awesome. So looking forward to that. And on that note, definitely go, be uh, going to Dallas as well. Yeah, I remember you saying that in the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you going to be there for the meetup on or like what's your plans? Yes. Okay. I haven't decided on the convention yet. Yeah. But like, uh, is Gina Carano going to be there on one day? So she is going to be there Saturday and Sunday, I believe. All right. Yeah. Because uh, originally I was planning on going to see y'all, but the convention, like, I still wanted to see Gina, but I still yeah. have. There's a lot of other conventions mm-hmm. I plan on going to this summer. So I was trying to factor in. Yeah. Mm, well, I know but she's yeah, doing. Still go, still go see the convention. If, yeah, if I she's can. she's doing a lot of conventions. Um, and I think she had mentioned. I want to say she had said that the last one she did, the Orlando, was one of the first ever that she's ever actually like yes. gone to, like actually done. So she was just amazed at the amount of love and support that she was getting, and it was awesome to see it just firsthand. So. I know that she's got several other conventions though that she's got so she's got Dallas coming up then she has one in I think Canada actually lined up and then I think she mentioned one that was either in Illinois or right, right outside of Illinois or something but one of the things that she was very clear on was that um she was only doing conventions that did not have mandates so <laughs> Wait, conventions that don't have hobbits? <laughs> I didn't hear that right. No, just don't have mandates. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you actually thought I said hobbits? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no. She, she likes hobbits. The hobbits were going to Dallas. They are. They are going to Dallas. No, I, in fact, uh, one of the things that I think, I don't remember if it was on one of the live streams that uh, Jay did or not, but she at one point was in the backstage area where they all have options to have like food and stuff. And she had the, the airport basically had lost her luggage. So she, when she first got there was in what she had traveled in. And at one point she just makes a comment to Jay saying, Oh yeah, I feel like, I feel like I look like a hobbit. And Elijah Wood overheard this 
And so actually like leaned over her and says, says, I think you actually look pretty good. So uh, it's just, yeah, no, she has no problem with, with uh, <laughs> she has no problem at all with, with hobbits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I said that coincidentally, like Lord of the Rings people were at conventions she was going. No, they just, I mean, a lot of them, I think just do the cons in general. I think they're like regular con goers. But for her, she does have a stipulation. I, I don't think the others would, mm-hmm. but for her, obviously, since she is very anti-mandate, very right. pro-freedom, she's only right. doing cons that don't have any of the uh, any of the mandates, whether it be mask, uh, you know, jab, or any other type. Mm-hmm. She's totally against it. So, at least oh. you know if she's at a con, you're like, oh, well, I know that I'll be okay. <laughs> yes, there you go. And you don't have to have a, like a face shield, exactly. Like as when uh, like meeting her and signing autographs, exactly. mm-hmm. which kind of misses the point. Yeah, like I remember uh, when I watched that uh, Will Shatner like uh, Amazon rocket special. They uh, showed clips of him at New York Comic Con and like he was signing autographs with the plexiglass face shield mm-hmm. which I imagine were pricey autographs and uh, kind of misses the point yeah. if there's uh, that barrier but anyway just uh, gl- glad to see that's not really mm-hmm. I've seen fewer and fewer of that now actually. yeah no, absolutely, and it's been it's been great to see that most states and most cities and most therefore cons have been kind of going against mm-hmm. that direction, and that's why yes. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what the end what the numbers end up being for Star Wars Celebration uh, that I think is still going on because they originally were not going to have any mandates, but then they changed it to having mandates. So Lord knows that that's going to limit the number of people that are going to be able to actually go. So yeah, I'd be very intrigued to hear about what those numbers are uh, coming out of celebration this year. Not to mention, of course, that there's not a whole lot of stuff going on in star Wars. That's really to be excited about. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm pretty checked out. Yeah. If it's not made uh, before 2014, I don't pay attention to it anymore. Yeah. I don't blame Which- you. I've been watch. I, I watched the first two episodes of uh, of Kenobi because I, you know, had to because of Bless you, sir. <laughs> it's just so bad. It's just so bad. Oh, and here I'm watching old '70s sci-fi shows. I like. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. What? No, I'm, I said, so- I'm I sorry, said nice. sir. I said nice. Oh, okay. No, no, I meant like uh, that. You're having to suffer. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were apologizing for something else, and I'm like, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a it's a burden, but you know, it's 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 one. Luckily for me, I I typically when there's shows that aren't that good, I can just you know, usually at least I have like a snack. So at least a snack I'm eating is good, you know. 
So it's like that's oh, yeah. how I'm able to to get away from it. It's like, oh, well, you know what? At least this ice cream's pretty good, or hey, at least these goldfish are pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. that's going on. And then usually when I'm watching, I'm watching it in in my downstairs uh, theater chair, and, and it's not really a theater chair at all. But it's a very comfortable chair. But normally the dogs are, are cuddled up next to me too. So I'm like, oh, you know, this Aww. isn't that bad. It could be worse. You know, it could be a lot worse. But that's good. But the show's still not good. So you know, <laughs> all of those things that could you know make the environment positive enough to to maybe influence how I f- nope not not when it comes to bad writing and no ter- just terrible characters it's just sad all of the ones from the original uh from the original tr- sorry all the characters that exist from the prequels so Obi-Wan and the actor that plays Obi-Wan uh Senator Organa is in this one too so Wait, the father of Leia. Yeah, Bail Organa the same actor is in it. Basil right good no they're all good. Like all of them scripts. are good. Every single oh, yeah. one of those uh, who are from the originals are are doing fine, and they're ca- like the the characters are consistent. It's just all the new characters are terrible. <laughs> they're just not. They don't make any sense. Yeah. That uh, the fact that you mentioned Bail Organa. Yeah. And that was news to me. Just shows how much I haven't paid attention. Yeah, uh, and I don't. I, this is one where I, when it comes to Star Wars or bad stuff, typically I don't mind, you know, jumping into spoilers or spoiler talk. I you usually get spoiled trash. Yeah, and, and it's like I, the people that typically watch me aren't ones that would probably care about it either. But yeah, one of the things that just drives me nuts about about this show is that it has, it's not going to be about Luke, and the way he gets off planet is because instead of it being focused on Luke, it's being focused on Leia. Mm. So it's Leia's story and it's 10 year old Leia. And somehow she's able to outrun uh, trained bounty hunters and also outrun Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. So it's again, just not a well-written show breaking continuity and just adding so many issues and it's just very clear that once again Disney has not thought things through. There are just so many things that they could do. Even Laura's coming in now, yeah, saying Kenobi is trash. It is. It's just it's just not good. Even from just the objective standard, it's just not good. And uh it's sad because they could have done so much with it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Star Wars is lame. <laughs> well like, uh, I watched Modern movie. Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Disney Star Wars. Yes. Old Star Wars circa pre-2014 still awesome. I yeah. can delve back into that whenever I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm excited to, you know, on the trip to Dallas is probably when I'll I'll next do my my uh my next binge of it, but I started the audiobook version of the first of the X-Wing novels, which mm. I've heard are just fantastic and it's great. I, I love it. I think I think it's great. It's, it's called Rogue Squadron, and it's yes. it's phenomenal. Uh, let's see. Laura says they clearly stole the last scene of Episode Two from Star Wars fan. Oh, that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about hmm. that. So they show, yeah, they in the last in the second episode they show um, in I, I, assuming it's supposed to be a Baptist tank. They they show Darth Vader, but it's. It doesn't even look like uh, Hayden Christensen. Like, it doesn't even look like him. I had keys to jangle. Yes. So I I didn't even notice that. But that is such a good point because that is exactly 
how Star Wars Theory's film ends as well. I forgot about that. Wow. That's amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant to say, uh, I tried to reach down to my pants, see if I had any keys in my pockets, but no, oh. I don't have any to jangle. Oh, well, you know, it's okay. Uh, Gus had said the first one. Yeah. So he had mentioned the Pacific Rim movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one's good. Second one's not good at all. Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, I expected as much. So that's why I kind of didn't uh, bother. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Uh, <laughs> oh, John Boyega. You try, try to be the league man again. Yeah. Has he still tried to be a league man since? <laughs> that, that's the thing, though, is that he has the potential. There's a great independent film. It also happens to feature Jodie Whittaker for any Doctor Who former fans. Uh, so Jodie Whittaker, who was the female doctor. So it features both of them, and it's fantastic. It's called uh, Attack the Block. Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. And it's great. It's fantastic. It's it's what it's the film that got John Boyega basically put on the map. That mm-hmm. film is great. Uh, Jodie Whittaker in, the, in that film is also great. So it's amazing to me that what these shows, whether it's, you know, Doctor Who or whether it's Disney Star Wars, that it's clearly not the actors. It's clearly the writers and the producers that are destroying not only the writing and the stories that are being told, but also they they can't even allow the performers to give good performances. Mm-hmm. That's how bad they are. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, you mentioned Doctor Who. Yeah. I've also been watching classic who on the side as well okay still watching that so starting back from like uh, the original first doctor mm-hmm. nice oh, already moved past uh, first doctor onto second okay Patrick trotton okay and yeah, yeah i was getting it yeah i remember when i was first getting into doctor who i was gonna go that route but then i found out that i think it was maybe netflix at the time had all the doctor who's but they didn't have all the episodes. Right. Like there were some episodes that Same were missing. With BBC. Same with Brit Box. Yeah. And oh, that wow. was like, well, I don't really want to watch it if I'm not going to be able to watch all of them. Like, you know, in They're sequence. Much. Yeah. And that's what everyone told me. Serials. That's what everyone told me. And so they said, you might as well just start off with the Eccleston who um, to jump into it. And so I did. And I was but like, great. I, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted delve into the old stuff yeah and so uh actually they do uh i know uh with with patrick trotton's first appearance since i guess uh william hartnell's last appearance is kind of lost so they Mm. used like an animated the power of the daleks like serial arc it was okay where essentially they had Patrick Trotton's first appearance, but it was like this is on Britbox, mind you. Okay, it's a flash, like recreation with like audio from the original broadcast, hmm. which uh, still works, but like the kind of jerky movements mm-hmm. almost looked like a uh, like an Adult Swim, like an Adult Swim show or Archer, which uh, all I was thinking. Of, that was kind of going through my head while watching watching that. But it was still great. Like, the story itself and performances were great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Kronos, this is what I was also told, which is why I was also very frustrated. Uh, yeah, some of the episodes just don't exist anymore. Uh, tapes were reused. Yes. Oh, that's they the worst. Care about preservation back in the day. No. And it's sad. It's so sad that they didn't have as much care. And so because of the fact they didn't have as much care, they now have completely lost, whether it be shows or films, it's... It's just a very sad state, and that's why I love the work of, and I mentioned this to you when you won the uh, trilogy set, like the Project 4K and what they did and what they're doing, and then I think it was, um, oh, who was it? Hardwick had mentioned that a similar group had done something with True Lies, Hmm. I think, and so... I'm just glad that these groups exist because while other people are just not caring at all about preserving and uh, about trying to bring the original visions of these things back and at least preserve those original visions that at least someone is. Hmm. What's the story behind true lies? Uh, well, basically true lies is one that (laughs) it's it's one of the unfortunate films that's being ignored uh by james cameron um because james cameron is just off and obsessed with everything that's avatar right and so it's net true lies basically has never gotten a legitimate uh blu-ray release therefore not a legitimate 4k release Hmm. and uh, that's a lot of his movies uh, have kind of been put on the back burner as far as physical media releases because he's just so obsessed with trying to make people like Avatar. <laughs> good luck. So, yeah, exactly. Very much good luck. Uh, Dimaj and I, what's going on? But I am getting hungry. I haven't had lunch. Um, so <laughs> when we started, I started streaming back at noon. I was like, oh, I'm going to try and try get, I was like, I was going to try and get through this uh, without eating, basically. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to keep you from your food then. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It'll be okay. I wanted to make sure that you had enough time to talk oh, about yeah. things that you want to talk I about. Too much time, though. I'm no, sorry no, no. You had, just, you had just the right amount. Thank you. <laughs> and I appreciate you, uh, you sharing the things you've been oh, working on, too. And your background looks wonderful. Thank you, sir. A lot better than mine, even though mine oh, is get there. better than what it was. But <laughs> anyway, I want yeah, to give it. I'd be with yeah, that. What was that? Oh, so I was yeah, I was ha- surprised and happy to see uh, the new additions behind you. Yes. Well, again, it's not even new additions. It's just that I've shifted my room, you know? Right. So I've, I've just uh, taken the desk, and then I shifted it this way, and then it all it all worked out for the best. Um, but, yeah, I, it, I agree, General Wingster. Yeah, it is truly a shame that the- <laughs> Cameron stopped trying to make alien Smurfs. Yeah, tr- stop trying to make them a thing is really what it should say. I haven't watched anything of that new Avatar movie other than a thumbnail. Yeah. On a poster. You're not missing it. anything. I don't care enough. Yep. And you're not missing enough for it no. to even matter. But I do want to give a shout out to all of the chosen today. So, of course, shout out to Matt and the K-Man. K-Man. You've been a trooper, man. It's been in and out, like just nonstop. Uh, so he, but he's been hanging out for the last several hours. So uh, thank you all for being here and for hanging out till the end. Shout out, of course, to Rosetta Allen uh, for being here earlier. Shout out to Tina. Shout out to Mr. Roy. Shout out to Laura, who's been in the chat. And uh, also shout out to Luca, who had his first appearance on the Chosen of Valhalla stream. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, a huge thank you to my Chosen. And so uh, any last words, Matt? 
Uh, go see Top Gun. Yeah, I could I could get down with go that. Go see it several times. It's worth yeah, it. absolutely. And uh, ZK Man, any final words now that we have you? <laughs> uh, pretty much just appreciate always letting me on here and uh, shout out to the Valks and Laura for constantly getting all the doing the moderating and mm-hmm. keeping the chat going and whatnot because they're Absolutely. awesome. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. And also posting links and all that good stuff. But yeah, Laura, thank you for being here throughout. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. I think there's been a couple of people who've been here from the very beginning and almost four hour marathon streams. So thank y'all all very much. This has been a lot of fun as it always is. Uh, just as a reminder, no stream tonight as this is uh, more than enough stream for, for one evening. But uh, do be on the lookout. I will be posting the summer stream schedule soon. I still need to work out a few things because I have obviously appointments and stuff to get taken care of. And so I don't want to commit to a schedule then have to immediately start to be like, oh, well, I can't actually do this new schedule at this day because so uh just be on the lookout for that though it's gonna be morning streams uh so two additional morning streams the good morning asgard stream coming back and also an additional stream probably on thursday because that's when i did it last year and it seemed to work uh the omb report live so i'll be doing videos for that channel again and doing a live stream on those days as well so please make sure that y'all um Make sure that y'all uh, keep a look at I'm going to try and post that on the socials. It'll be on the website, ombreviews.com as well. And uh, again, huge shout out to everyone in the chat, everyone who was on today. And uh, I'm going to hit the hit the credits, and then I'm just going to roll out right after. So anyway, thank you all very much for being here this weekend. We are in Ascension Tide. Uh, for most people, we'll be celebrating the Feast of the Ascension tomorrow, even though that's 43 days after the resurrection when it should be 40 days. But hey, again, that's not my call, USCCB. Um, so I went Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I did not have a church nearby that was celebrating it properly, but it's okay. We, we, we make do with what we have. So mm-hmm. thank you all very much for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Have a wonderful Memorial Day as well. And yeah, as uh, Matt said, go seek Top Gun. And as always, God bless everybody. Before going any further, I wanted to give a very, very huge special shout out to one of my Valkyries, one of my longtime supporters, Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a supporter and for being a mod on this channel. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my members who are at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. So first on Patreon... Brandon, let's go Brandon, Christopher Bowman, Garrett Searles, Hymir Iri Hymason, Jacob from Holland, Jacob Juice, who you can check out on his Letterboxd, Jacob Juice is how you can find it, Jeffrey Toon, Joey Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mad Mike Jackson, special shout out for him in a second, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Orange Hat Reviews, you can check out his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, you can check out her channel as well, Stan Andrian, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, and a special shout out, as I mentioned, to Jacob Juice from Holland, again, letterbox.com slash Jacob Juice for more information about him, and a special shout out to my members over on Subscribestar, Matt. 317 storm tracker the r fast reaction mr roy and a huge shout out to my newest chosen of valhalla member luca 
Illich. J-Rod, the beer guru, and ZK-Man. Thank you all very much for supporting on Subscribestar. And to uh, two of the members who are supporting me over on Locals who asked for special shout-outs. First off, Minnesota hockey fan. Let's go. Let's, let, let's get a hockey player. And UAB Mad Dog Mike Jackson for the win. Thank you very much for supporting me. And also Robert Barnes on Locals as well. Anyway, if you want a special shout-out, and Brett D90 for that matter, if you want a special shout-out at the end of every single video, please check out that top link at the very top of the video description. It'll give you more information about the different tiers and what you get every single month. Thank you guys for your love, for your patience, for this month's shout-out video as well. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.